0: You are listening to an episode of The Extra Reel.
1: Welcome to The Decision Reel, where we try and fail to review movies of today and yesterday. This week we are looking at Batman Forever on The Extra Reel with guest. Justin from the Epic Film Guys Brain Stew podcast?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Epic Film Guys is the brand. i ah. uh, been currently focusing in on horror for the last year, so it's kind of like a subsidiary of Epic Film Guys. It's a half-assed way of me being able to rebrand without totally rebranding and having new members on because most of our original team left within the last two years. So I re uh, did everything and... Uh, What's that word? Uh, (laughs) Grabbed a bunch of new dudes, some great dudes, to be a part of the new thing, and that's that's what it is. But I'm always going to continue to do Batman, so this is the perfect thing for me to be doing.
1: Hell yeah, man! Well, we, you know, enjoy you definitely coming over here and guesting on our podcast here, The Decision Reel. Before we get too deep into it, I do want to say if you are enjoying what you're listening to, if you like what you're listening to, you can find us on our social medias, which is at The Decision Reel on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, We do have merch available if you want to help us out in any way. We have t-shirts available. I think they're kind of cool, Randy.
2: At TheDecisionReel.com. Thank you. Look at that. You're
1: welcome. He's helping out finally. <laughs> He's figuring out things that we do here. I looked.
0: It looks nice. Oh, thank you. Thank it you. it, it goes to a real site and everything. It's really It does. There is an yes. actual a real site. <laughs> I pay yeah.
1: money for a domain name. I think I pay like eight bucks a year to have that spending money over here. But I, I digress. Again, we're looking at Batman Forever. This is a a guilty pleasure movie for me. Mm. Definitely, because growing up through the 90s, this was that I needed all the toys to this movie, and it wasn't so much the I need to see the movie if if that makes sense so like I'm I was born in uh, 88 so like at this point in time I loved the first Batman movie um, but I wasn't like how would I say it was it was a Batman movie like it wasn't anything like crazy to me because I was a child and I didn't understand it so when this movie came out it was bright and colorful and like I needed all the toys from it
0: Yeah I think it's it's a totally different perspective if you were born before that, and you got to experience Batmania of 1989, which uh, is most definitely my fondest memory from my childhood, in which I hold so near and dear to my heart that I try to relive it on every single day that I'm still living and breathing on this planet. It was such a huge event worldwide; you couldn't walk down the street without seeing a bat symbol somewhere. So, after already experiencing that, you know, and then you know, however many years later, getting to 1995 for this it's a totally different perspective when you're approaching this and which I'll get to eventually throughout this episode for sure. Um, but that, that's definitely, I mean, we all come to these movies at a different time in our life. So we all are going to see them through a different lens.
2: Oh, and that yeah, It's the different sense. time for me is today. Yeah. I had so, never seen it until today.
0: So the,
1: the, the funny wow. thing about having Randy <laughs> that's come exciting. on this podcast, and no, it, it is right. So this makes, this like opens up such a huge door for us here. at the decision reel is Randy hasn't seen many,
2: I haven't seen a lot of movies,
1: big movies. Yeah, right. He's seen a, a bunch of stuff from like you know, I would say the last five, ten years, but nothing like that's like an epic movie or like something that you're like, yo, you, how haven't you seen? So we actually started a new series that we haven't released an episode yet of called How Haven't You Seen This? And it's literally Randy sitting here going, I can't believe I haven't fucking seen this yet, and uh, it's it's pretty good. We actually the first episode we did was Star Wars because he didn't see. Star Wars. Until about two weeks ago. Now he's fucking (laughs) in it. Um, We're doing another episode, Jaws, coming up soon with our friends over at, uh, uh, what is it, Jess and Trav over at uh, What's Your Favorite Scary Movie? Um, They came on a couple months back and we did an episode with them, but they're coming on again because they haven't seen Jaws. Randy hasn't seen Jaws. Nope. I don't know how they haven't seen this. You We're motherfuckers. I see I've seen this, parts of
0: it. This is the most exciting thing in the world, though. Like this is I envy everyone that has not been able to experience these movies already because it's got to be so exciting. But at the same time, slightly, I mean, you could comment on this a little bit, Randy, daunting because there's this huge pop culture and, and social reaction to these films that you have to automatically take into consideration. That is unless you live under a rock and you don't pay attention. I mean then, I that'd see, be fine.
2: I can see how you'd say it would be like a big thing for somebody seeing these movies because it was like I guess like a, a cult classic kind of thing. But now that I've been spoiled with all the CGI that we have now, all these special effects that we have, kind of watching it is like underwhelming. And I feel like I needed to be Ooh. back in the day to be watching it.
1: And Ooh. I I get yeah, that I too, right? Because
2: like I've been spoiled.
1: Right, exactly. You've been spoiled with what you've been, like, watching, and now going back and watching movies that you haven't seen, and everyone's like, this is, you know, amazing, and then it's like, wait a second, what am I watching? Because this looks like shit, you yeah. know? And specifically, Batman Forever, there's some parts in this movie where, if you didn't grow up with it, or obviously understand what's happening with this type of movie, that you're kind of looking at it and going, what what, what am I watching right now? Like, is this real? Like... Was this Batman for that generation? Because with Randy specifically, you grew up with the Dark Knight, the Dark yeah. Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, or sorry, Batman Begins. Yes. Yeah, oh no, I was right. Dark Knight dark, dark Knight Rises. So, like going in and seeing this movie, how was it for you?
2: Uh, so at nighttime, the backdrop that they used, like especially when um, what's her face, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh-huh. her her character when she's the bat signal, yeah when um sounds
1: like a bank doesn't it (laughs) I guess Chase is a bank but it's I don't know Meridian even after it's like Meridian made up specifically for the film for the film right exactly (laughs) and it's weird right like why not do something that's in the mythos of Batman why whatever we'll get into it
2: yeah but the um when he went up on the building after she did the bat signal the backdrop for that looked like this isn't a pager I it took me a little bit to realize or Or remember I guess um that it was a Tim Burton film. Well, right? It's not. Why was no, his name on the fuck in front of it then?
1: So he produced it. He was supposed
0: he to He produced it in name only. Absolutely in name only. He Agreed. had zero input on the actual film. He got the writers uh in place for the initial concept, hired Joel, and then his name's just on it just for the publicity sake. He wasn't on set one day of that shoot.
2: Well, some of the city scenes, like when he was um like going up the wall in the Batmobile, mm-hmm. um, when they showed the Riddler walking into one room, it had it was very Tim Burton esque. I guess well, that's where I got. I think that's that it's
1: from. so Tim Bur- Burton made the first two, right? So you have to uh, you have to kind of make it look sort of like that. So the movie okay. definitely does have yeah. that same style to it, but it definitely does its own thing too. Like, this movie just looks so different than anything else that was going on at that time. That's why it definitely sticks out, in my brain at least, as, like, this extraordinary, like, movie where it's better in my brain than it is watching it (laughs) back today, right? But it's still, I still enjoy this movie. I'm like I'm half and half with what I like better, Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. I really like Val Kilmer as Batman, and I feel like he's underutilized in this movie. And then, obviously, stuff that happens in him not coming back. I kind of wanted to see him in Batman and Robin just to see what he would do, because yeah. George Clooney is George Clooney. He's not Bruce Wayne. Let's be real. He's literally just being George Clooney in that movie.
0: Well, Val he's- did not enjoy working with Joel at all. Most people... And some of the people I've talked to that worked on that movie have confirmed that Joel was extremely difficult to work with. Um, uh, But, you know, at at the same time, you have to think about it logically. Um, Val himself said in his documentary uh, that came out last year on Amazon. Great documentary. He felt like he was he was uh, cast to be a statue. You know, there was very little for him to do the Bruce Wayne stuff is all really f- well fleshed out I think uh, for what they were trying to do they definitely tried to bring another psychological take on that part of his life you know his memories from his childhood what made him into what he is now without doing a total reboot because let's make no mistake there are references to the previous film however it's not a direct sequel in any way shape or form it's a it's before a reboot was a reboot there was no such thing this was a reboot
1: Amen to that. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like back in the early 90s, there wasn't that, hey, let's stop what we're doing and remake this series or or, or are we going in the wrong direction? So that's why I feel like you do have that. What you said, this looks Mm -hmm. Tim Burton-esque and it's like, well, we have to continue that because that's what people are assuming that it's going to look like or what they're expecting it to look like. So you have to kind of stay within that same style But change it up. And they definitely changed it up with, I guess, black lights and neon shit. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. What else did they
0: really change? I mean, obviously, yeah, let's make the Batmobile. It's it's way less gothic, uh, for one thing. I mean, we have the gigantic, massive, super unrealistic statuesque buildings and Mm -hmm. stuff. But it's it's a totally different style in terms of architecture than what Burton brought. Um, You have to look at the production designers that did the first two movies, Anton First, who won an Oscar for Batman 89, and of course Bo Welch, who did Batman Returns, which did a like very gothic, uh expressionist, like German look to everything. And then oh, this wow. movie I never
1: even thought about that. You're right. It does look German. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then Forever is like this just it's like kind of a neo return to This uh, very classic 1930s, 1940s style. But like you said perfectly, it's got neon everywhere. And I think the mindset behind that, you know, in, in, in doing a lot of research on the film over the years, is they really wanted to make a living, breathing comic book. If you look at Returns in comparison, you know... Like critics said at the time, it looked like it was shot in an inkwell. It mm-hmm. was all dark. It was blues and blacks and some white hints. You, the, the, the brightest color in the fucking movie is uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's lipstick. I mean, yeah, yeah, literally, right. it's just a, a, a dark gothic vibe. Where here, he, he looked at comics and said, these are all colorful, you know? And obviously, uh, Joel had a very poppy sensibility as a director from all of his previous films. So he just brought that and he brought it like extremely heavy.
1: Oh yeah. You know, but it was the
0: mid 90s and it totally works within the context of the time when this movie was released. It was something that you did not see before that. So when people saw it, it was so exciting. Like, "Oh my god, this is so bright and colorful." And there's like yellows and greens and purples on Batman. We hadn't seen that before uh, in live action on the film.
1: No, we definitely didn't, and I feel like for the most part it works for sure. I mean, it's striking when you watch this movie; it's in your face, but not in a bad way. Like, it makes me want to see more of the outside of Gotham and like more stuff that's happening. And I feel like, yeah, we did get a lot, you know, with the 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 first scene with Two Face and breaking, you know, the giant vault out of the bank and all that. Which is, I love the shot of the vault going right back into the building. Like, I looked at perfectly. my and I was like, Are you-? <laughs> right.
2: I looked at it. I was like, Are you serious? Did they really do that? She's right. Like, eh.
1: But again, <laughs> if you're looking at it as a comic book brought to life, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't look at it like that. And if you change your thinking with all the over the top stuff, like look at Jim Carrey and he's throwing those bombs towards the end of the movie. They're yeah. making like fucking sounds like a, a comic book would, like the and like all that weird shit. And it's.
0: Eh, eh, yeah. Right. And then they blow I love up. It. And for sure. I mean, and, and also, you know, the one thing is if you are a seasoned Batman fan and you know every different era of the character and you look at it in retrospect and kind of compare, um, producer on the film Michael Usland said it perfectly, like this movie captures a certain era of Batman that maybe not the most popular, but it took what the Burton films did, tried to keep as much of it as it could while still being kind of like, you know, a soft reboot. And, and And implementing those more over the top elements into it, so it's kind of a mix of both worlds
1: uh, yeah and definitely. also I
0: mean I'll also for sure, you know, due to the backlash of returns, tried to make this thing a little bit more accessible for all audiences, meaning children. what you said earlier about wanting those toys yep. that's the reason because yep. they wanted to sell as much merchandise. I'm sitting here tonight drinking out of my French-made crystal glass that I got at McDonald's opening day. <laughs> Beautiful. And I'm, I'm drinking booze out of it on your show, so I mean, I I've like kept it. that shit for <laughs> that long. That's that's how big that movie was for those reasons. Oh, it
1: really was. And it went on for years, too. Like, they were selling toys forever, and it just feel, felt like they would take a twist of one toy, change it just a little bit, re-release it, and do what they, you know, needed Repaint to do. Repaint it, yeah, of course. It, yeah. Exactly. And t- to me, as much as the... The Batmobile in the first movie is the Batmobile. I, I fucking I I like this Batmobile. Uh, minus the giant wing on the top that makes it like hard to drive under things. It's still I ah, fuck with it, man. It that, looks so that,
2: cool. That wing was kind of rubbery and kind of me. Just, like b- b- a collard ballard, man. It's like it's a fucking b- car. Right, going <laughs> everywhere. I've seen it in person
0: twice, and uh it is most definitely a thing to behold, especially when you see when they have the undercarriage like through the ribs, the lights on it. Yeah. It's extremely over the top, nowhere near being practical at all. I mean, it's way too <laughs> long. That fin would get caught on so many <laughs> every, overhead every fucking day. bridges and shit. But I mean, when you look at it, it fits into that world, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'll I'll never forget being a kid. And, and and I'll get to this obviously. The more we talk about this movie, I was such a huge fan of the first two movies. Huge. I was in 5th grade when this movie came out, 95 and when everything was redesigned and looked different it was like i had to like take a few steps back and be like whoa this is not what i'm used to this is something totally different and it took a while to accept like this is the new thing that they're presenting to me as a kid like this is not i have all these toys already i like mm-hmm. the sound of that score i like the look of that batman that is my batman it's still my batman um but that Batmobile over time has definitely grown on me. I, again, it's by no means like a, pr- if you look, compare it though to the Batman and Robin Batmobile, which is the least practical Batmobile of all time because there's right. no fucking cover on top of Batman. Someone could shoot a missile oh, and one. blow his head off.
1: Right. You know, Randy's but, like, I got to look it up. I don't I don't. who's going on here. Now, now, I've seen say,
0: that one too. And that one is, I mean, I'm not going to talk shit. Just going to say it's most definitely like the weirdest looking huge boat of a car I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that this was like the first type of movie that got me ready for change, if that makes sense. Like, not to get too sure. deep into things, but like watching these movies, the original Batman, and being like, okay, yeah, these are great, but should I be watching this? You know what I mean? Like like you said, it wasn't for kids, specifically the second movie. I mean, there's so Definitely much... It was not for kids. No, I mean, like, just Danny DeVito's performance in that makes you uncomfortable as a, as a child, and like... Then you get this next movie, and it's so bubbly almost compared to it, and you're all of a sudden like, wow, okay, cool. I'm all I'm all right with this. I like change. I'm a kid, and this is what I want to see. I want to see bright colors. I want to see Batman doing stupid stuff. I want to see a car drive up a fucking wall of a building for no reason whatsoever, and then you No don't... practical
0: reason. Right. No uh, reason at all.
1: My favorite part of that- <laughs> Yes, that looks fucking dope, though. It does look dope, but it's still stupid. His head's sticking I mean, out yeah. of it, right? <laughs> it's not
2: practical at all. It looks but fucking my, sick. my biggest
1: problem with the the scene about going up the the wall of the building, they don't show what happens after that. Like, like they did yeah, have, did you know, go? a deleted scene that they wanted to do a rooftop no. chase scene. Yeah, no,
0: no, no. They just did it and, and assumed that the audience would be stupid enough to go, "Oh, cool, he got it down somehow. He's Batman."
1: And you know what? At the time, I went, <laughs> "That's fucking dope," and I was
2: in. I didn't even think about it till right now. See, honestly, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I mean, dude, what, he, I mean you bat see bat at the
0: end cage. of the movie, he's got the Batwing, right? So maybe yeah, he yeah. went home and he's like, "I'll oh, go get the Batwing," and then he's got like a chain that hangs down or whatever. <laughs> just picks
2: it up, brings it up. I will say
0: <laughs> the reveal the of the about boat
1: <laughs> in the Batwing is one that of the coolest dope. pieces of cinema yeah. from the '90s. Just the way it's like: do we go by air, or sorry, by sea, or by air? We and then they show air. the Batwing, and it just
0: lights up, and it's turning, and it's just hanging there like a bat, and I'm like. Also, how how did he get it to hang up there like that? How does a how do you how do you fly a plane backwards to go up and hang like that? Is it All like right. magnetic? It doesn't matter. It's but it looks fucking awesome. It, so it who cares? Awesome.
2: You're right. a kid. And you're like, dude, it looks so cool hanging there like a real bat and shit. And then exactly. Robin comes down in his fucking suit. It's got nipples on a suit. I was very confused about the nipples on the suit. You gotta you gotta have the room for the nipples to breathe, man. <laughs>
1: the nips are hard. Have you ever gone running? He looked like
0: me. Without the
2: suit on, he didn't
0: need all that room. He didn't need that room. You're right. You're this has been right. a discussion since 95 right. about the nipples. <laughs> and you know what? It's like, I think it's time.
2: Not you, but Put Rudy, them on you just watch the
0: movie. Just but I think it's time for people to get the fuck over the nipples. <laughs> all right, dude? It, it, they're there. They're I part have, of human anatomy. Right. They put them on the suit. Don't let it ruin it for you. The Panther suit, which is the only Kilmer suit that has nipples because the sonar suit does not. You're people right. always forget that. Um, that he wears at the end, the grayish blue suit. That Mm -hmm. one's dope. It is cool. If you're staring at the nipples, that's on you, dude. That means that you're that attracted (laughs) to... You You're know, right. Man, why are you staring at nipples, massive, right? Exactly. <laughs> they're they poking out. I have nipples, Just Greg. Could, could you diamonds. milk
1: me like it's... Yeah. Everyone has
0: nipples. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So why <laughs> would no they be on the No one talks about suit, the massive right? cod pieces, man. The cod pieces in this movie are even bigger. They're massive. It's yeah, like no one's looking at those. No one's Just looking saying. at the egregious <laughs> ass shot either that uh, happens. Oh, no. I noticed I was going
2: to bring that up too. <laughs> why, why was that necessary?
0: Necessary? Of course it's <laughs> necessary.
2: You got to show the ass. All right, guys.
0: Listen. Joel Schumacher, we know a lot about him, right? So we I want to say we can say without saying, right? Who knows? I lot mean, about OK,
1: so let's bring it up because I know where you're about to go. Lost Boys, the fucking sexy sax man. Why is that in the movie? It's in the movie because he wants a sweaty dude playing sax with a shirt. Off Capello
0: with is n- amazing in that right. movie. Oh, he he's is. so iconic.
1: Yeah. But also he has nipples. So maybe that's where he was like, look.
0: I like them
2: nipples. I like them nipples, boy.
1: <laughs> we'll put them on the bat suit, And then everybody went, why would we do that? And he just shows him this dude playing saxophone. And I, they went, I'm in. Son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> and that perfect. dude still tours around now. he, he My friend just saw him last weekend doing the same shit, greased up, yep. hair slicked back. Why not? Playing though. the same shit from Lost Boys. He's, my, uh, he's on, uh, my, yep. yeah, my buddy, my co-host, uh, Jeremy, his band opened for him. That's like a sick. few years ago. That's so. fucking sick. So he's on cameo, and we
1: honestly thought about getting a cameo from him to do like the intro to our show. And then I was like, you know what? That would be tight. But then I don't want to be known as the sexy sax man, fucking show. <laughs> but at the same <laughs> time, I love saxophone. Like you throw you saxophone should be. Or anything. I actually, swear to God. Right, I mean, I'm right. just telling you, it, it'd probably do a lot of great things for us. Best it, 150 bucks we could spend is just get the sexy sax man to do a quick little <laughs> on here. Well, Randy would be a little uh, offended, though, because he made our actual intro song,
0: and we can it put does sound pretty good. there. Oh, we
1: fucking could. Yeah. Yeah. We See? send him the file. We
0: say, hey, put some sax over top of this yeah. with what Wally was saxophone doing Saxophone is vastly underrated. You don't hear saxophone, saxophone in any new music at all. Dope. I mean, I'm you a huge fan of, like, yeah, there's a, music, synthwave. E- saxophone needs to come back in a big way, yeah, yeah. man, for sure. There, there's a band called Shredders,
1: and they have saxophone. And it's amazing because it's like that new wave, you know, type of music where, you know, double bass everywhere, whatnot. But then they had the sax in there and you're like, I can get down with this shit. Yeah, I love when sax comes out. And like, sax is sexy. Oh yeah, for sure. Like rock songs, you bring the sax out. But I love when it's random too. Like you're not expecting the sax to come out, and all of a sudden you're
0: like, "Oh." Maybe you're thinking it's going to be a guitar solo, and
1: then you get a sax solo instead. Instead. Boom! Even better. Even better. Look at that. That's funny. No, so we're actually in a band ourselves together. I don't know if you can see off to the side. There's a whole bunch of drums over there. But I see the drums. Um. So (laughs) we. (laughs) I see them. They're there. No, uh, we're uh, we're in a band ourselves together. We do emo and pop punk music. We do covers. Uh, we play out in, I guess, the DC Metro, the DMV. Southern Maryland, DMV area, um, and it's a fun time. So most well, so we used to have another guy on the podcast, Brent. He's no longer on the podcast. He's our lead singer in the band. Um, he just got busy with life and whatnot. It, it happens, right? But uh, we have a good time playing music where we can, and it's 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 always fun. We need it that's saxophone. amazing. It really is, yeah. fantastic you need to hear.
0: You're, you're talking to a guy that spent the majority of his life playing in bands and booking bands and doing we'll the music scene. So oh. it's... Well, if you I, need I a band it. to book in uh, where
1: Virginia <laughs> there, we're looking there's, for...
0: There's uh, Winchester? Actually, I did, I did see... Uh, there was like a pop-punk show or something... Uh, downtown I don't know how well it did but I saw it was happening so
1: we honestly we've had some pretty good success with uh, certain areas here we're actually playing tin roof in Baltimore in November
2: yeah November fifth
1: November fifth um we're looking forward to that because that's kind of out of our our area um like I said we're down here in Southern Maryland and we've seen we probably had one show out of probably 40, 40 at this point maybe I'm exaggerating maybe thirty um where it wasn't you know people weren't into it that much um but I think e- the emo pop punk era is going to be the new, like, 80s rock that everybody wants to hear in, in bars.
0: For sure. Because it's I getting mean, old. It's funny, um, you know, not that they're emo pop punk or anything, but my daughter, who is 18 and my wife are in philly right now for my chemical romance we're oh, we're really big into shows and music and all that kind of shit so i was just at like two shows last week so yeah, hell yeah i'll think if well, you guys a listen i had no
1: idea so i'll yeah. check it out well well so it's only covers but we are definitely on facebook hit or miss is what we're called obviously after newfound glory one of their you know bigger songs we've been told by a booker before why would i book a band called hit or miss and i went well you're missing the point Oh, ba-dum-boom. there it is. Yep, exactly. Anyways, Batman, let's uh, talk about what it's about. Batman must battle former district attorney Harvey Dent, who is now Two Face, and Edward Nigma, the Riddler, with help from an enormous psychologist and a young circus acrobat who becomes his sidekick, Robin. I said that wrong. Amoris. A Morris. Amoris. Yeah yeah look at it's, me I,
0: I love those imdb descriptions yeah, that I some random person went on there and just typed in there uh, i love to grab them though because it always makes a good conversation when they don't it's work always funny no we've been doing that for years as well it's always great um yeah I mean, he doesn't really battle harvey dent oh. at all you know what you're right does he even <laughs> no. see him on screen i don't he oh he, and in, in the, the beginning the in end, the beginning they do yeah but and he and doesn't end, actually right. physically confront him in any way until the end when he's looking down at him and then he throws the coins at him right, and then right. tricks him. No. I mean, there's no actual physical confrontation. He does punch him in the face once in the which, helicopter. what side of the so, face, though? Was it the good side or the bad side? I
1: don't remember. Wait, wait no, it's... I'm pretty sure it's the Harvey side. I think you're right. I'd, I'd...
0: You need help, Harvey. Mm.
1: I want to say something, <laughs> though, and... I always like the Batman animated series Harvey Dent Two-Face look more than any other thing. Like, okay, cool, the Dark Knight did a cool, realistic version of it, but I always thought that, like, perfect line down the middle especially in this movie where they actually show it happening and they show him put, like, the file up, but there's no fucking way it's going to be a perfect line. Like, you know what I mean? Like, make it a little jagged or something like that or maybe half of his nose is fine or it's not. Do you know who did the
0: makeup for Two-Face in this movie? Uh, It was
1: uh, fucking
0: Rick Baker, right? It was. Yeah, and
1: he, I think he had the uh, the eye bulge first and they said, no, we're not doing it because this is for kids and we can't (laughs) have it fucking crazy. Um, Rick Baker is one of my favorite, uh, special effects makeups guy. I mean, you look at Werewolf, uh, London, amazing work. I mean, that's ingrained in my brain forever. That just the snout coming out and the fucking, Sorry. the fingers, just American Werewolf and London, what? Nope. Never seen American Werewolf, <laughs> add it to the fucking list. God damn. we're at 20 well, now. One of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, that movie is... It's funny too, because you can watch that movie today, and it still hits the same as it did when it came out. Where
0: I don't think Batman
1: forever does.
0: I think, ba- well, you know what? It's it's it's. We can ask Randy, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to think <laughs> of it this way, and I I'll, I have, I hate being that guy that's old. That's like, how old are you? Yeah, but, but you know, mm. age age does come into consideration in these right. conversations. So. What you had said earlier that you were spoiled, I feel the exact opposite. I was spoiled because I grew up watching movies with practical effects. So I got to live and see CGI mm-hmm. flourish. Mm-hmm. Terminator 2 for the first time, Amazing. Jurassic Park. I lived through all of it so I could tell the difference between the two mediums and then seeing every huge, large tentpole movie and seeing how they were growing it and you know how the technology was expanding. I'm at the point now where I'm way more about going back to practical effects. Like, I'm not a huge proponent of CGI unless you absolutely need it. Like, for me, watching these huge comic book movies today, it can be jarring because I know what they're doing. I know it's all green screen. It's not the same thing. Whereas, for example, Batman Forever, some of the CGI obviously is going to be dated. It's 1995. Right. But they used it only when they absolutely needed to. Other than that, they got stunt guys doing stunts. They have real explosions. They have real cars doing shit. It's not, they have actual practical gigantic sets that they built for the city. Whereas now they would do very little of that. That's such a a bygone era where they're trying to be that immersive. You know, looking at other movies like Blade Runner, for example, when people try to do it now, uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, people don't react to it in the same way that they did back then because they're so used to seeing, oh, well, that should look like that. Well, they're used to what looks like a computer screen exactly. behind them. I mean, and and it, it, it never takes me out of the movie, for example. Um, Avengers, any of them, any mm. of the Marvel movies, I know all those fight scenes are done in CGI, but it doesn't bother me at all. I just prefer when it's blended and the filmmaker is able to do both. It just never happens anymore. It's very rare.
1: Well, yeah, and the biggest thing, too, is, well, now I can do whatever I want, whereas it's, okay, how do we make this scene work, right? So, like, take Batman Forever, what we're talking about. There's a scene in which they show, right when they're going to the circus, they show that shot of the circus and the city skyline and everything. You know it's fake. It's a matte painting, possibly, or whatever. But it adds something different because now you have to show where they are without going crazy, you have to just show a set piece. Where nowadays, if you made that, it might be a flowing shot through the city and something crazy that doesn't look real, and we know it's not real, so it takes you out of it a little bit. I'd rather go back to that matte painting of,
0: this is where we are, this is what we're doing. It's just an establishing shot. We don't need to, you know, that's the thing. uh, You're totally correct in saying so. So many filmmakers today... You know, it's that line from Jurassic Park there, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Jeff Goldblum says they're so preoccupied whether that should, whatever, you know, what I'm going right. With. It's, it's they do way more than they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need that much more than just an establishing shot of the hippodrome, for example, which is just a zoom in shot on a matte painting. Enhanced by CGI, of course, but just enhanced. Exactly. It doesn't
1: need to be know. taken over by CGI. And we, we've actually talked about this on, the, uh, I believe, the X-Reel a couple times, of directors kind of changing the way they do things because of certain things. So, Or, how would I say, uh, we talked about Christopher Nolan even. So here we go, relating to Batman. So his first couple movies, obviously he's not a big guy. He doesn't have a big budget for everything. So he has to do stuff where people are telling him yes or no to certain things. Well, now when you have successes, you obviously can do more, and there's not a lot of people around you that are saying no. They're saying, yeah, 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 that sounds great. Do whatever you want. Yeah, 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 that's great. So you don't have somebody reining you in when there's not a great idea, when you're going, I think Tenet's going to be a great movie. Let's do this, 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 and then this. And then all of a sudden the movie is not good because there's no one there beside you saying, are you sure that's a good idea? Or, no, we can't do this. We don't have the budget for it. So you get a movie like Tenant, like I'm saying, where is it a good movie?
0: No. But it, does it look beautiful? Yeah, it's Christopher Nolan. I mean, that, that question, we would have to dare say, would be a subjective, objective question, true. however you want to put it, Very depending true. on the individual. I saw that movie opening night, and the person next to me loved it, the person next to me hated it, and I was just like, eh, Right. you know, it all depends but no i mean nolan's always been a practical guy i mean you know for sure the best stuff from the dark knight trilogy is all real shit that they did all in the camera, practical sure, stunts yeah. the model work i mean he is literally the the newest young filmmaker to be a huge hit in hollywood that reverted back to that especially in batman begins where they're were, no we're gonna mm-hmm. jump a real mm-hmm. batmobile for real that's what we're fucking doing we're gonna jump it and we're gonna have it hit this ramp and re- so no one was doing that at that point and he was already sick of that so it's exciting to see a filmmaker still doing that now of course tenant you know it is what it is there's some really awesome practical like stunt work in that movie as well but fuck fuck all the rest of that the sound design of that movie <laughs> another right. story altogether. somebody's but, I mean, yelling at the screen but you can't actually hear what they're saying like huh? i'm like dude all i hear is gunshots and loud right. rumbling Please stop. I can't tell what you're saying. Um, but I mean, when you look at Forever, though, I mean, for sure, I, I feel like even more than any of the other Batman movies, I mean, clearly, when you look at the soundtrack, Kiss from a Rose, Seal, I mean. Oh, dude, don't even get
1: me started. That's like, that is that is the 90s jam for me is Kiss from I a Rose. I love it
0: Oof. so much. Yeah. And it was there written was... before the movie was even out, and they just heard it and said we're going to use that we're going to do a video Joel Schumacher directed the video it was the biggest head of his career and if you ever see him anywhere the only fucking song anyone's going to ever ask him to play is that song because why not there was actually a cover that uh, uh, like a hardcore
1: band did of that and it's amazing like it's it fucking hits it and it does it kind of perfectly throws double bass in from a boy Randy over here Um, really good I can't remember the band name but it probably came out like five or eh, maybe a little bit more than that um but if you find it, you'll have to send that shit to me because I'd love yeah. to hear it. No, it's really good. It's uh, my wife actually sent it to me a while ago and she was like, yo, this is this is my jam. And I went, my jam currently is the original Kiss from a Rose, but this is like oof, all right. And they do a couple like stops and starts in it, and this all, right, all right.
2: So I before wait. we move on, I would like to say I would like to see okay. some actual explosions going on. Not just all the CGI stuff. I enjoy that stuff. But just having a real explosion happened that would give me the wow factor in a movie like you were saying like it, take, it doesn't take away per se but it but it does you know what i mean
1: so you're saying if you're adding a cgi explosion you're like that's cool yeah, but like i can I've seen see it, it right? i probably
2: saw that in another movie
1: right well i mean the good thing is we reviewed independence day right obviously miniatures with real explosions yeah. on high speed film And it looks great, and it holds up today. Why does it hold up today? It does. It's it's fucking real, right? Like, okay, yeah, it's miniature, but it still holds up. And you look at, I hate to always bring Lawnmower Man up, but you watch Lawnmower Man, and they're like, hey, this is great CGI for the time, or fucking the Power Rangers movie. They thought that was good to do.
0: Oh, my God. I
1: want, I want. so I don't know if you watch a lot of YouTube, there's a channel called Corridor Crew, and they do a lot of CGI stuff. They've redid the Mummy Returns, is it Mummy Returns? Yeah, the second Mummy, Mummy Returns.
0: That's that's the one, yeah.
1: Yeah, so they redid the shot with the rock coming out as the Scorpion King that looks like shit. They redid it and made it look as best as they could. Uh, I want them to take the Power Rangers movie and do it what it should look like and do justice to it. Um, That'd be gonna, sick. They, they, yeah.
2: they
0: had a whole thing planned for the end of that movie where it was going to be stop motion. Yes, or Guys I remember in suits that. just Wasn't like it the it show. Phil, they had Phil Tippett, I think,
1: was involved with that or something as well. The guy from Jurassic Park, and they wanted to, like. Phil Tippett. Exactly. Yeah. Make
0: it, I, it bigger than it was. It was, it was disgust. It was just a budgetary thing. And honestly, I mean, even as a kid. Because this that came out two weeks after Batman Forever. God I saw damn it, both look at in me theaters getting everything together. Opening with this. Night. Good job. Yeah. And I remembered being a kid and being like, dude, the show looks better than this. And the sh- the footage of the show is just dudes in suits from like fucking eight years before the show right. came out. I digress, exactly. but super simbom um, or something. But yeah, you gotta think. I mean, honestly, at the time, Batman Forever had a pretty massive budget. Warner Brothers pretended like they weren't banking on it, but they were most definitely banking on this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and how would they not? You know what I mean? Like, this is,
1: I don't know if it would be their biggest IP around that time, but it was definitely up I
0: mean, there for sure. Yeah. If you think of it logically, up until this point, there was not another IP as big as Batman. If, if you can guess one. I mean, we didn't get X-Men and Spider-Man until the early 2000s. Right, I'm just thinking, so, Warner Brothers,
1: like, in that era, what, what is there? I mean, there's, obviously, they got, you know, some smaller movies
0: here and there, but nothing like Batman. Yeah, no, no studio up until this point. I mean, Star Wars had come and gone, so logically, right. there was no other IP, even remotely close to the Batman movies at this point. I mean, Jurassic Park had come out. We hadn't even heard anything about a sequel yet, so... I mean, Jurassic Park notwithstanding, because Batman Forever actually broke Jurassic Park's record for the opening weekend. So, right. yeah, I mean, at this point, you put a, a, a bat cowl on fucking anybody. And put, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, this cast, I mean, that's the thing that needs to be discussed. The most out of this is, they Joel Schumacher's like, I want all the most popular actors. That's that's what the formula was at this point, like grab huge names. Yeah. And these movies were like the first kinds of movies to do that, where it was like the entire main cast had to be like either a huge star or like a big up and coming star like Chris O'Donnell was at the time. You know, Nicole Kidman, not necessarily a huge star at the time, up and coming star. But I mean, think Jim Carrey, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, Val Kilmer. It, it's it's so massive that like you know that formula did not work for the following movie in the same way that it worked for this one, but if you put all those names on a marquee back then, it looked oh, yeah. attractive to everybody. It became this more welcoming invitation to the people that maybe the second film didn't work for or they thought was too obscure or strange or too Tim Burton in parentheses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, if you look at it, if you look at that theatrical poster, I mean, I'm looking at the... The VHS right here in front of me. Perfect. It's like that image, this Perfect. poster was on my wall in ninety five before I even saw the movie. That image alone, you are like, whoa! Look at all those pretty people. Why look would those in, in
1: ninety in ninety five? Why would you not see a movie that had Vel
0: Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jim Carrey in it? And I am not even Jim talking Carrey, about everybody yeah. else. After Ace Ventura, after Dumb and Dumber, of course everyone's going to see a movie that Jim Carrey is going mm-hmm. to be in. Yeah, yeah. This is he had already he. I think he had done The Mask as well. Yes. And that came out right before it, too. Correct. So. Which yeah. is one of
1: She's my personal favorite movies, and I'm glad yeah. you just said you actually watched yeah, it. Absolutely. So before we get too deep, let's let's get through a couple things here. So written by Lee Batcher, Janet Scott Batcher, and Akiva Goldsmith. Directed by Joel Schumacher. He's also directed, as we talked about, The Lost Boys, which is, you just got to spray fucking sweat on somebody to make him look nice with the Grease him up. baby oil baby oil get him get him nice and going st elmo's fire he's also done and then he also did batman and robin and there's some other things sprinkled in there uh we were just talking about who it's starring in the movie val kilmer is bruce wayne tommy lee jones is harvey dent jim carrey is edward Nigma, which is one of my favorite
2: That was a that was clever
1: well so i mean Honestly. obviously the riddler is the, let's be real I mean, if you're going back deep He's been in the comics forever, the original TV show. I just love the name of how you get to it like enigma. What's yeah. a what? you know? It's so good. We got Nicole Kidman as Dr. Chase Meridian, which is a fucking bank. Two banks together. Chase Bank is a bank in America, Meridian is a bank in Canada. So now you're getting two uh, banks together. That's you're, and you're that's why about. I'm like staring it. at it like Chase Meridian, get the fuck. Yeah, yeah okay. Come There's up with system. a better name. And yeah. again, as Justin was saying, she was made for the movie her character was. So she wasn't in the comics. She wasn't she was, in the old TV so show. So for the
2: movie have been done without her? I
1: I kind of agree I think it she doesn't she plays a part, obviously. She's the love interest, whatnot. I always felt like there was shades of Harley Quinn in here, but Harley Quinn wasn't even a thing at this point because she was made for the animated series. We're right. talking about Nicole Kidman as Doctor Chase Meridian being does she need to be in the movie? I don't really think she does. And I always thought there was going to be like a a subplot of her being a bad guy because it felt like they were kind of pushing that narrative and then it never really kind of came to fruition. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, she's there as a love interest, but nothing else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's giving him psychology and like deeper understanding of his backstory and, and like all this stuff. But, I just feel like the movie doesn't need that. It doesn't need I don't need every well, movie to I mean, have a love interest. Yeah.
0: There's there's that whole thing and I'm a huge proponent and supporter of the Schumacher cut movement that has made its way onto social media and in, in headlines in the last 2 years. Akiva actually has gone on record and said that his original idea and the original script in which was shot there is a different cut of the movie. It's called the Schumacher cut that we're supporting the release of and hoping Warner Brothers... Well, Understand. we were hoping Warner Brothers was going to do something with it until the recent shakeup at Warner Brothers, and now we're pretty sure yeah. it's not happening. But I'm still going to do the whole spiel about it, though. Do it. Um, there was this darker, more complex, psychologically-driven version of this film. And having a psychologist as his love interest made total sense to the story. Now, of course... I agree with that, for sure. If we had two previous movies with love interest, every comic book movie ever since the first Superman, had a love interest. So it's it, at this point, it's a given where it had to be a thing. In comparison, uh, for the sake of mentioning it, with Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan didn't even want a love interest. Warner Brothers required it, so that's why they wrote Rachel Dawson to the movie. Right. But with Forever, obviously, there, there, that, that sexiness to the movie, it's very sexy. Um, there's so many homoerotic undertones to it as well. The bat he has to have that romance or else I feel like at the time studios felt like female, uh, you know, audiences would not react or connect to. And you have a, a leading man as fucking stunning and beautiful as Val Kilmer as Batman with those lips and shit and those eyes. Yeah, that man, that man He's sexy. a gorgeous dude. So you kind of just have to have that. But I find their interaction to be, I mean, I it, it's as good as it was allowed to be. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that for sure. Like it's it's that
1: weird thing where you're right, studio getting involved and meddling with what the director wanted to do or what the story was actually going to be or the writers kinda came up with and then it's like I get a studio saying, No, 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 you need to do this because do you want a budget? Do you want a movie? This is you know what we're doing. And I feel like Warner Brothers have have been one of the bigger studios to always do that. You know, look at if we were going recent the fucking Batgirl movie, you know what i mean? Like the new regime coming in and saying, "Well, I we're going we're going to cut." Well, you're not going to see it because they just had a fucking funeral for it and showed it to everybody who worked on it in, you know, closed doors. But I'm saying Warner Brothers has always felt like that that studio that went, "No, we're going to make a movie this way because I'm saying we're going to do this. Or, I don't like your your thoughts on this, so we're going to do it this way. And even with you know Christopher Nolan doing his, he was doing the same stuff. Like you just said with Batman Begins about, I don't need that. Well, no, too fucking bad. We're going to do this. So you're going to add that fucking character because we say you're doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could make the argument, like you were saying, that Chase Buridan makes, I mean, has really no impact at all, but I feel like the scenes between her and Bruce are great. I, I, I always loved that scene when she invites Batman over, basically to fuck. Make no mistake, that's P-H- what it fuck. is. She's dude, she's naked, dude. She's in the sheets.
1: That's a fun fact I read is she is actually naked under the sheets. Like, why? What does it matter? I mean, we got to see the nipples because it's jo- Joel Schumacher, obviously, right? He wants nipples every. There's no nipples. What? They Tell were me. they were there. Air quotes. They no. were there, right? Because she was actually naked under those sheets. Gotcha. Were they silk sheets? I don't remember. No, they, they were looked just like normal. silk sheets. Just normal. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were just normal sheets. Well, they a- were 1200s flowing, at least. They looked. Flowing, You're right because man. the the doors were open because she wanted Batman to come in and give her the ph fuck. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted dick. I know. Whatever. Anyways, we also got Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson or Robin. Uh we got Michael I I always don't remember how to say his last name is it Go or Goo is Alfred Is it yeah see I never know it's Goff. And, yeah. and then uh, see I'm terrible with words I don't know how to read Uh we also have Drew Barrymore in here as Sugar I know You don't like Drew I Barrymore in this? Eh.
2: I felt like I her, her
1: in this in Wayne's World 2 is where she looked the best Is it Wayne's World 2? I yeah. mean
2: she definitely looked the best in this one I just don't like her that much i don't know why something about her face
1: i oh, mean i get oh, it I
2: rough dude she's not gonna hear it. it's fine <laughs> she's not gonna hear this
1: how funny <laughs> would it be if she's like you know let me listen to some random podcast oh batman forever i was in that let me oh, see what these yeah. people say
2: <gasps> what's this son of a bitch
1: where do they live i'm gonna get them batman forever is rated pg-13 for strong stylized action Feel like there could have been something else said about it. Maybe sexy butts, sexy butts, nipples, nipples, <laughs> right? Large cod pieces, large, yeah. not okay-looking cod pieces. Large cod pieces, large. We want everyone to see that. I Runtime on this motherfucker large. is one hundred and twenty-two minutes. Eh, it needs to be that. You're you're looking at a a, a giant feature film where you want stuff to happen. You don't want to come in for ninety minutes for Batman. You want to be there for a while. And I will say, like I said earlier, I really like this Gotham. I really like what it looked like. I wanted to be in it a little longer.
2: I feel like could have been a little shorter. The end
1: fight scene, for sure. It, it is what it is, right? Like it's nothing over the top. I mean, he's in that—I'm not the silo or whatever that he falls into to jump out of and breaks the ceiling and everything, but. I did want to see more Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Now, this is just me being a Jim Carrey fan. I grew yeah. up as Jim Carrey. My parents hated me because all I wanted to talk like was Jim Carrey from When Nature Calls. So this movie Do speaks it. speaks to me on a fucking spiritual Do level it. because of Jim Carrey. I'm not talking Do out it. of my ass right now. <laughs> so I just I just want to see more Jim Carrey as Jim Carrey and this is Jim Carrey like in this era the perfect like 94 through like 99 movement of Jim Carrey is what I like and if you've ever seen the new Sonic movies he's being that again and I yeah
0: I, I, I he's, fuck and with he's it. great in it as well he's he really is movies
1: Yeah, and a lot of people are like, "Ah, I'm not. It's Sonic. I'm not seeing that after like you know them, you know, seeing the first trailer and like, is that a rat? I don't know what that is. And then they changed it. They're fucking
0: fun. They're fucking fun. They really are. And James Marston
1: is really good in those movies. Like I thought he was gonna be bad. Is it James Marston? Am I thinking? Yes, it's
0: James Marston. It's Cyclops.
1: I'm thinking Red Dead Redemption for some reason. Jim Jim Marston. I don't know. Whatever video games, but. He's great in those movies as well, and you didn't think he had that like charisma to him. And I've watched him in Westworld, X Men, like you said, as Cyclops, and like he always plays that stoic kind of serious guy. And uh, I kind of I like him in in the Sonic movies. And if you haven't seen him, definitely worth a watch. I mean, definitely eight out of tens.
2: <laughs> okay, fight me. Well, I was gonna say that I feel like the whole scene where it ended up him going up the wall in the Batmobile. I feel like it didn't need to be there, but I guess it kind of did like, show sold Batmobiles of to show more of the kids. Batmobile. Yeah, it showed more of what it could do. Kind well, of stuff that, like then that. you the get
1: kids. Chris O'Donnell driving with the top down, like trying to pick up hookers. Like, what was that about?
2: Yeah, I guess... I my love
1: machine, baby. Right. Was he trying to fuck in the Batmobile, using that as a pickup line? Of course
0: oh, he's trying was. to fuck or in
2: the would. Batmobile.
0: He's bored, <sighs> dude. You're, you're he's right. He's stuck at Wayne Manor. What else is he going to do there? Hang out with fucking Alfred all night? I don't know. Alfred it's was kind of cool. cool. Let's be Alfred. real. I'd hang out with Alfred. I
2: like the new Alfred. What's his name? Um, Michael bitch. Yes. Which one? Michael Kane?
0: Oh, that's not the new one. Andy Circus is the new one.
2: Oh, there's a new one?
0: What? The Batman that came out this year in March.
1: Oh, oh yeah. If you're looking at yeah, the newest Batman, which... I don't think well, he, he said I new. See, he said you're you're new. Right. So you're I right. You're it? absolutely right. If you're I new, get, then... <laughs> did
2: I see that? I don't
1: know. I want to get your take on the, the newest Batman. There was even Batman. one since then.
0: It was Jeremy Irons since Michael Caine. That's yeah. What do, do you Alpert's think,
1: Justin, of the new Batman?
0: I loved it. I thought, I thought I was it was honestly
1: one of the best movies I've seen in the past 10 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's heavily inspired by David oh. Fincher's films, um, classic neo noir detective story. Loved it. I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan, and I loved Pattinson. He's my second favorite Batman of all time. So, definitely, knocked it out of the park for me. I've loved. I mean, honestly, I, I like every version of Batman. I mean, so, and I'm a huge part of that community. And some people, you know, I understand. You know. Them having an affinity for one version over the other. Keaton's my favorite of all time. You can't see behind me, but there's a massive collection. Um, I kind of see know, the, the
1: the the Batman cow
0: there. That's that's the Keaton yeah, based on it definitely actual is, yeah. screen used mold from oh, the film. But where did, uh, from eight, from eighty nine? I've 89. seen those before. But you know, it's it's it's. I, I'm open to all interpretations. I mean, I grew up watching the '60s show, so it's. I, I like different interpretations of things. I feel like if you're beholden to one specific version of something, um, you know, I feel like Batman and, and specifically comic books and comic book characters have been reinterpreted by so many different writers and artists and people over the years that you you can't really put your finger on the character and say this is the real version of the character. There's so many different versions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I really like that. Them, yeah, I
1: like that too because like. Everybody has a different take on Batman, and so that means now, right, you can like a certain version of Batman, and it's okay, because, well, I like this one. No, I like Frank Miller's version, or I like Joel Schumacher's, or I like, you know, Tim Burton's, and it's fine. My, this is going to be hard for me, I really like the Batman animated series, Batman, I like Kevin Conroy's Batman for whatever reason,
0: like... I mean, that's the number one most voted, like, number one for almost every fan. Like, that's the version that they look at. Kevin
1: Conroy, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. And the, the fact that they started making video games with him and Mark Hamill as the Joker, like, just made me even love that character more. And I know, like, you know, they're taking different stories out of the comics and kind of changing them here and there and whatnot. But those video games were so good. And, like, I... I just picked up a Steam Deck. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a handheld PC in your hand, whatnot. Well, uh, the newest Batman or the, the newer whatever, Arkham Knight, you can play it on there. And it's kind of amazing to me that I can play that game fully on a portable system and it looks just as good. I'm not
0: even a gamer, dude. And I and I buy a system every time one of those Batman games comes out exactly. just to play that game. And then it fucking sits there. And then my right. kid takes it from me. That's so it, yeah, I, I'm exactly. with you. I, yeah, I, know so where, I know where you're coming from, for Being
1: sure. able to play that just on the go, wherever I want, I'm now playing Arkham Knight again just because, fuck it, why not? And It is so good. And I've actually been, and I wanted to get your, your, your thoughts on this, too. I started watching the TV show Gotham just because I needed something to watch during my lunch hours. I work from home at lunch. I'm looking for a show, and Gotham had, I don't know, six seasons or whatever. And I was, it's always been in my watch list, and I always wanted to watch it, but I was always like, ah, is this going to make me not like it because they're Taking a different, uh, you know, like thought about Batman and Gotham and everything. I'm four seasons in right now. I actually really like
0: it. You lasted longer than I did, my friend. I, I'll say that much.
1: I'll say I, I get was, I get why I you would get out of here,
0: and I mean, it, it, and this is this is the part about it too, as well. Is it's it's okay to like admit that a certain version of you know their take on a character didn't work, um, and I've heard that it gets better. Obviously, with a show, they stumble a little bit trying to find their footing and, and trying to find the right unique vision where they're trying to go with it. Um, so that's great to hear that you're enjoying it. Maybe someday on a rainy day when I'm like... <laughs> <Someday>. <laughs> you have nothing I, else to do? I mean, the, my list of movies to watch is so fucking long that I'll probably be dead before I get to it. But in right. reality, sometimes like I, I want to reach towards something like that and, and go back and revisit it. But... Um, for me, it's it's not an interesting concept to know about a Gotham with villains in it before there's a Batman. Um, but then Joker came out, and I was like, okay, this is a, a, a solid one-off, interesting kind of throwback to the old Scorsese era, you know, taxi driver, if you will. And um, I definitely don't give a fuck about the sequel they're doing at all
1: well so i was like that too because they're just like okay we're getting a sequel i was like ooh, and then they're like but it's a it's a musical and i was like "Ah, which i don't mind
0: i don't mind that if you watch that movie there's for me at least uh, thematically there's Mm -hmm. nowhere else to really go but again we're going off on a tangent here it's It's just good when when it comes to this character i feel like for example forever It puts a nice green bow on the end on the package and says, here you go. Here's this thing. It's one specific story, one specific version, and we're going to hand it to you and you're going to ingest it and you're going to enjoy it. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go to McDonald's afterward and you're going to buy the Happy Meal and you're going to buy this glass Mm -hmm. and you're going to drink out of one of these cups Mm -hmm. and you're going to buy the toys at Toys R Us. You're going to buy the video game, even though the video game was literally the one of the most fucking difficult, pain-in-the-ass video games of all time. <laughs> By the way, I downloaded it, and I have it on that Steam Deck, and I've been playing that as well. It is so fucking hard, and I hate I'm pretty it. pretty sure because... Acc- Acclaim did that game, the same people that did Mortal Kombat at the time, right? Yep. yep. So, it, it looks cool, but it's fucking hard. Um... Yeah, it really is. I was actually at this place, it's called
1: E-Starland, uh, on the weekend, and it's an old School kind of like you can buy any type of video game from there, whatnot. You can trade in your games, what, and and, and everything there. I was walking through the aisles, Sega, uh, C, or not Sega City, Sega Genesis era, and they had the Batman fucking forever, and I was like, ah, do I need to do I need to physically own it? You know, like do I need to have it on on the actual Sega? Even though well, I do have a Sega, and I was like, ah, let me see how much it is, and they wanted twenty bucks for it, and I was like, if it was like ten. I would have walked out with it only because I at the time I have the Steam Deck and I have the game right, like I can play it whenever I want. So I actually, I, I probably should have fucking bought it.
0: Just yeah, you it. should have. Yeah. I if really it was if it was like a hundred bucks and I had three drinks in me, I'd be like, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And it, it was it was in the case too, like it had the perfect case to it. It was wrapped in plastic. It looked good, and I was just like, mm, I already have it. and I'm playing it, and I fucking hate that I'm playing it because it's so hard. And that's pr- if I didn't play it. I probably would have bought it, but because I was hate fucking it as I was staring at it, that's why I didn't buy it. Yeah,
0: you, you have at least you have a good, a good a good reason for that
1: though. I for guess sure. you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so Batman Forever was released on June sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. That's actually my birthday. I wasn't even born yet. That sucks for you, but I was. That's my birthday. Not in nineteen ninety five. Obviously, I was born in eighty eight. So I'm a little older than Randy June here. 16th is your June sixteenth. June sixteenth. That's what you're is saying. My
2: birthday is. I what think I'm saying, we yeah. all got that. I'm just making sure okay. for the people playing at home that they yeah. understand that. We got that. You're a little bit older than me. I think a I've, little. It's been little made known. And right of and, and course, you
0: you invited the, the old ass fucking dude that was born in the early '80s to come on to make me feel even older than I already am.
1: Hey, look, I was in the '80s too, so we're 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 close. I'm sure you're like 82. Yeah, you're oh, you're, you're digging around the right
0: area. Oh, right. I right. saw the movie opening night. <laughs> and, you, know, no.
1: you know what? I feel like I did too. Like I, I I remember wanting to go and see this and like begging my parents. It was either this or Batman and Robin. I don't remember exactly. It's it's hazy. Let's be real. In the '90s, everything's hazy. And I just remember going like, "Yo, I need to fucking I, I got to see this Batmobile." And I feel like it was this movie because I don't like the Batmobile for Batman and Robin. But the Batmobile in this, because it glowed blue, I was like, I need to see this on screen tonight.
0: It was pretty good. Yeah, I'll, never, I'll never forget because my grandmother went with me and she was so special to me and she was so excited for me. And I remember she ordered out of the catalog, the Warner Brothers catalog, um, the Batman Forever t-shirt, and it came in a plastic. They're on eBay right now. You can look them up and find them. It, it wasn't like... A Batmobile where the wheels turned or anything, but it was like a mold of the new Batmobile, and you opened the top and the t shirt came out of it. It was so that's, really that's, cool. that's she got that for me for the opening night and whatever, and she went with me and my dad and my sister went and I actually just revisited um upstate New York over the summer and went to the theater where I saw it. it's a historic theater that's awesome they've never updated it ever. that's that's it actually still looks identical, so I went and sat in the exact seat. Where I sat for this movie and just like sat there and kind of like, it brought back so many memories. Obviously, if you're born during the 70s, 80s, 90s era, nostalgia is a huge part of Big your thing. life. Big thing. You know. Yeah,
2: that's a, I don't understand. How do you remember where you sat? He
1: probably got the, stick, the ticket stub.
0: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> sure. And I say this on our show all stick the time. I don't remember shit about school, except for the girls that I dated, kissed, or banged. Yep. Yep. But I do remember Every single movie I saw in theaters my entire life. Every single movie. I'm close to that.
1: I'm with you. We're like, I don't remember doing anything like in classes, but I remember what I did outside of the class, like throughout the halls, or okay, we're gonna go see this movie, or we're gonna go see this band, or whatever. Exactly
2: shows too. School. I don't
1: fucking
0: remember. The only
2: movie I remember seeing was in high school, and it was Sinister because I quit my job over it. That's the only, I don't remember what I did I right. like work two weeks ago. We got ago. a lot
1: to unpack here. Why the fuck would you quit your job over a movie? I was
2: working at Subway. I was getting like five hours a week. I was. My friends were going to see Sinister. They're like, look, we're going tonight.
1: Oh, so you're like, well, I'm fucking going too. Yeah. And they didn't let you and off I just, and you quit.
2: Yeah, I just stopped showing Dude, me. I feel
1: like you made a right, mm-hmm. the right Decision. choice there. Sinister's an amazing 100%. horror film. Yeah, it was great. Were you a sandwich artist at that time? Yes, it was. Okay, so do you know about the V cut? No. You're not a sandwich artist then? Back in the '90s, the Subway used this to was cut like, their 2011, subs. You I don't dumb care bitch. if you're going to call yourself a sandwich artist. You need to know all the backstory of Subway. Fuck that. Because you're not a sandwich artist. That's why you
0: quit. He called me a bitch because I cry when I cut onions.
1: Subway used. But Dude, how, how do you goblin? know this?
0: How do you know this about this? <laughs> so back. Okay. So backstory. I used to. I grew
1: up in Canada. And I say this oh, to every no. podcast and people call me out, but Canada now, was a little now I know.
0: Now I know why you sound like that. There you go. I you got, I got like the, uh, all right
1: there, buddy. Fuck yeah there, bud. It's about time. Um. Anyways.
0: I wish you still talk like that.
1: My parents do. I don't. I, don't. I, could, I wish you did too. I, I can turn it on and off, right? Like, <laughs> it's fucking crazy there, bud. I don't fucking know there. Uh. But- So growing up in Canada, we are a little behind the times with certain things. I get called out all the time, like, where were you fucking living? It wasn't behind the times. No, it fucking was. So Subway, we got the V-cut until like 99. So the V-cut was a different cut. So instead of cutting straight through the bread and you just open it like this, they would cut a V-cut in the top so then the entire bread would come out so, when you place the meat in it, it made a V into it, and then you put the, the shit back on it. Google it right now, and you're going to be like, wait, what the I fuck? I don't, I was honestly, I so don't know much better.
0: anything of what you're saying, but hearing you describe it is making me somewhat aroused. Itself. It's <laughs> so
1: much better because <laughs> think saying. of it. Instead of sticking the fucking meat into the side of it with a C cut where okay. it's kind of coming out, yeah. it's laying in to the bread laying evenly the meat on meat other side. The, oh, the way that you're so describing it with lengthwise. Your hands. Right. Yeah. Well, no, not lengthwise. Just there. so. You would cut a V all the way through the bread,
2: like through the length of it. Correct.
1: So yes. the top would come off, and it would look like an upside down V, or the up uh, so V. You v just the
2: pick the top up, put the meat, in, and put the top back. Exactly. On. And it would. So sit you're saying it, it would like look, look like a
0: V, <laughs> and then, exactly. then you're putting meat. Okay. V in <laughs> a meat. He v, sees what's v. going
2: on here.
1: It works fine. Okay. No. We're gonna get to uh... budget time. What do we think it costs to make Batman Forever? in 90, I guess it would be like 94 or 93 when they were
2: making Cost this movie. What do we think? Make? We're going go to go Randy. Million.
0: What'd you say? Reportedly over around 100 million all in all. But. but what do you think, Randy?
1: It is the actual number. What do you think?
2: 102.
1: 102. The actual budget is 100 million exactly. I'm sure it's some change, but that's what it's reported as. You know, it's a good costing. thing you said something. Right, I was going go
2: with
1: like eighty. <laughs> well, he's still not a bad guess, I would say. So, what do we think box office? What do you think it made overall? Do you want me to give uh, you a, a hint with the opening weekend numbers, or do you want to just go in no, fucking I'm blind? Fucking guess. All right, he's going. Gonna Randy's going to go in blind, and then so we'll go. Everybody
2: wanted to see the new Batmobile. Right? I wanted to see the new Batmobile. All right. Um.
1: Well, uh. Fuck. Overall. Two twenty. Two twenty. 220 million yes, Justin sir, final I'm sure you probably know Kind of where it's at
0: What do you think Oh I mean For sure Yeah It's uh, it's, it's around there somewhere I, I know that The the opening number For the first day Or first weekend Was like 52 um, I, I'm of the mind It's like the, the total box office For Everywhere Was around 340 million But I could be wrong On that I don't know. So opening weekend You're right 52.7 million dollars Overall
1: box office three hundred and thirty six point six million. Shuck, that's a lot for nineteen ninety five. What you, what? you said? Shuck. You said shucky ducky. I don't know what is that. The
0: fuck? You, this guy. Uh, what's that mean? We're gonna find out. What does it mean? I think I was trying to say
2: shit and fuck at the same time. Shuck. Shuck.
0: This is a new word that needs. You should probably put a patent on that right now. I should
2: hashtag shuck. If I just added no one's done to it to there, it would have been shucks.
0: Ah, shuck. oh, shucks. Well, oh, we're not, we're not gonna mind. do that. Now you so. Sound. Like a square, dude. <laughs> no good, square. no bueno.
1: All right, so top ten that week. We're going to go over what came out in the top ten that week. When we get to the top three, I'm just going to tell you what top three it was in no particular order, and you're going to guess what order it was in, if that makes sense. So, number ten, while you were sweet, sleeping. Sweeping? You while were you sw- were sweeping, While you were sleeping. Is that the janitor movie? <laughs> while you were sleeping. <laughs> I don't, I don't even that? know what that is. I okay. looked it up and I yeah. still don't know what it is. Okay, yeah, no. Gotcha. Number nine, forget Paris. Uh again, I'm no. I'm out. I don't even know. No. Number eight, you probably know this, Pocahontas.
2: Yeah, I know that one. Oh, you know that I one. I know that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah. Did it you ever Mel see Mel Gibson in that one?
1: The remake, <sighs> I think. It's a remake? joke. No, yeah, they did didn't they do a live action Pocahontas?
0: No, dude. Mel Gibson, he voiced uh
1: Oh shit, you're right, John Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. No, I was thinking of no, what was the movie they just, um... They did a remake of. Avatar? <laughs> no, Avatar definitely, no. Um, I mean, Avatar is Asian. technically Pocahontas, but... You're, right. So is Dances with Wolves. Um, no, it's the the Asian movie.
2: Aladdin? No, that's
1: oh, not sorry. Asian. Oh, my Asian. Oh, God, what
2: is
0: you? Aladdin. <laughs> Damn, Aladdin, the dude, Asian I movie, Aladdin. Had... <laughs> I'm I think so I need to, I need to match your drinking level here. Jesus God. Christ! Or I don't um, know.
1: What's what am I thinking of? Um, you the got, Disney movie. Yeah, it, fucking Balan? It's got the dragon in it. Mulan? Mulan. Yeah, thank you. They thank did it. Yeah, okay. that's right. God damn! I'm, I'm an so idiot. sorry. But that's <laughs> <not> <laughs> <the> number <laughs> same thing. It's not. It's it's not Asian. Uh, it is Asian. I don't know. Number seven. It is Asian. Crim- it's, Asian. Yeah. it's Asian. It's Asian. It, we're on the same page. It's Asian. Okay. Number seven. Crimson Chinese. Tide. Uh, I'm I'm I've assuming it's like U five seven one, but October. Wait, no, Red October, but a different version. I don't know Crimson Tide. What? Uh what sub, are you summa- submarines. You never seen submarine movies? No. The John McTiernan you're, film. Yeah, you're missing out. U five seven one. Sure. Speaking of Mel Gibson, number six, Braveheart. I've seen that one. Have you? Classic. Hard it's a good movie. Uh, fucking. Uh, if you want to tie it to Batman, who's in Braveheart? I don't fucking know. We're gonna go to Justin for this. Come on. Right.
0: Oh, um, Heath. Ledger. He didn't even know Heath Ledger. Oh yeah. No, nope, yeah. that's wrong. You're thinking of the Patriot, dude.
1: I am thinking of the Patriot. Look at
2: you. Fuck, I'm an idiot.
1: Mel Gibson. <laughs> I was gonna I'm say Mel Gibson.
2: Yeah, you've... That's what you started the whole thing off with. was Look, Mel Gibson.
1: Yeah, Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger. They were in a movie you at, a at one point. Tea
2: before this, I had a couple. Okay. No, in not the Patriot. Tea,
0: Heath two. Ledger plays. Bill Gibson's son. Yes. But that's like way later and gets, in the career. And then he gets murdered. Thing. murdered. During 1995, Heath Ledger was considered for Robin for Batman Forever, but he was doing a soap opera in Australia. Good for him. What was it? General Hospital or something?
2: I don't fucking know. I feel like everybody was on that.
1: Uh, if you want to tie it into Batman. No,
2: it's not. I'm thinking what? ER. Dance? I'm thinking ER.
1: <laughs> Number five. Let's get away from that. Number five, Die Hard. Darhard? Die Die Hard with a Vengeance.
2: That's the second one? That's the third one. Fuck.
1: I really like that one. Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Yep, Bomb. Sam UL. All that shit. Question for you. Die Hard number one. Is it a Christmas movie?
0: Yes, it is. Thank you. No, it's not.
1: Yes, it is. It takes place on he Christmas. Said There's a Christmas wasn't. movie. Who
0: said
2: it wasn't? It's fucking uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis said it was. The writer of the Bruce movie was. Bruce Willis
0: is has dementia, dude.
2: Yeah, he doesn't know <laughs> where he is. He also has something <laughs> else wrong with him, too, doesn't he?
0: Listen, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. If it takes place on Christmas and I hear Christmas music and there's Christmas lights. And it's snowing. It's a fucking Christmas movie. Thank you. Right. That's what that. Thank seriously. You. Come on. It's a wonderful life. I'm going to Google. Yep. Same
1: number thing. four, The Bridges. Wait, that's not number bridges four. Bridges of Madison County? Bridges of Madison County. I only have two movies here. What, what am I doing? I'm going to have to look that up. Because I only have two and one, I don't know where four is. Let me let me double count. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Seven six, reasons four.
2: why I Die Hard is a Christmas
0: movie. Look at you! I'm not, when we did I'm our not, Batman
2: Returns episode,
0: I gave fifteen reasons as to why that's a Christmas movie. So I, it's snowing. Number one, Max Shrek is in it. People voted. Hold two. on, let me get
2: to the answer.
1: What's the answer? No, it fuck. is a Christmas movie. Christopher Walken. Is saying it's a Christmas movie.
0: He's got no, white hair. He's Santa Claus. The There's no beard. Exactly. But who gives right. A shit. Exactly. Instead of giving it's... toys, he wants to suck power from the city, and kill people. There you go. Cool. That's that's the thing. Anyway, so I
1: only got two movies here for the top three. I don't know why I missed this, but either Congo or Batman. What do you think is number one?
0: Batman. Batman. Yeah, it's Batman. <laughs> I saw. A Congo I don't know why I missed the third one. Yeah. You really Amy fucked this episode, hungry up, Steve. Amy. Yeah. Amy. <laughs> Amy want whiskey. I like whiskey. I've never
2: even heard of that
0: movie. What Congo? Yeah, it's based on a Michael Crichton book. Same yeah. dude that wrote Jurassic Park. They were oh. they were hoping it was going to be as big of a hit as Jurassic Park, and it was not. people. People do not like gorillas like they like dinosaurs.
1: <laughs> and I am yeah. a testament to that because I bought more toys from the Lost World than I did Batman Returns. Sorry, Batman Forever. And Batman Returns, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Look at that fucking Lego Batmobile right there box.
2: So you're saying you bought more for the Batman than Park? I bought Jurassic more Park? Jurassic Park. You see oh. that
1: box right there? It says Jurassic Park toys.
2: Oh, you fucking child. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> I am a child. It doesn't matter, though. Trial. char I'm a oh. I'm a child.
2: How are you not going to put three in the top three? And tell I don't, us I the don't guys know top what three. happened. should have just picked a random movie. I think it's
1: because we did two episodes today, and I was trying to... I was was, getting everything together. I was trying to. Hey, that's one was last minute, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I was trying to get it in. I was trying to get all my
2: notes in, and it just took.
1: It took a took a little a little turn for the worst.
2: That's okay. Is it? Is it though? For this one, don't let it happen again.
1: I'll try not to. Tomatometer Tomatometer. time. We're gonna go to you first. Okay. Because Justin is pissing. Tomat. What do we think the Rotten Tomatoes, the Rotty T score is? Critics and audience out of 100%, we're going to Randall first. What do you think the critics and audience gave it?
2: 6781.
1: 67 and 81. Yep. Justin, what do you think, unless you already know it, Tomatometer, Rotten Tomatoes score out of 100%, critics, audience? Um
0: 3932.
1: My man right here on it. 3932. Do you know what the IMDb score is?
0: I do not. 5.7.
1: do you want to take a guess? No, no, Justin. Guess he's looking it up. He's like, "Fuck, it. I, I don't guess. I'm
0: just, I'm just googling." <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm looking at something else. Okay. <laughs> are those titties? actually those no, are in reality? Looking at this, though, uh, it, just being serious, I'm shocked at how low it is. I, because I, 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 I know I now. You know, in this community that I'm a part of, where we're there's this new affinity for the film, and people have kind of come around to it. Um, in particular, the LGBTQ community, uh, you know, uh, really Wait. enjoys it. And
1: why? Uh, was the and I'm, r- not, I'm not not, not in the a bad way. Little gay? Well, no, no, I'm saying not in a bad way. But what 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 about the movie? Well, Joel Schumacher is... is gay,
0: so um, right. But I mean, that that has th- there's nothing in... homoerotic undertones. Um, I'll
1: give you the undertones, sure. But there's nothing in your face about it being. Well, you could you, you, couldn't, you couldn't make or... you, you
0: couldn't make a gay movie. In nineteen ninety five. And you You're still right. can't make a gay movie in the way that people want to make gay movies to the mainstream now. I agree. You're still held back and it's twenty five years more than twenty five years later. So, oh, yeah. um, I feel like there are certain films that just resonate, you know, with a specific audience and this movie in particular, I mean, I've been to drag shows where they're playing this movie in the background. You know, okay. um, it, there, there's just a vibe to it where it's just it lends itself to that world in in, sure. in, in, a, in a way. Um, I kind of got
2: it with uh, the way that Riddler was acting with Two Face. He was a it was a little a little gay, a little gay when he. I mean, interacted. he's wearing. Not that there's this anything wrong with that. Thing, right? Sorry,
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, you know, it's funny. Like I remember watching it and not picking up that. I mean, obviously he steals the the costume from the fucking Zoltek or whatever it is, but I never thought he was wearing spandex underneath that. And then, like watching it recently, you're like, oh, I guess he is. And that
0: is that he um All right he starved himself every good. day of the production. I guess, if I recall correctly, he said he ate like a salad with like barely anything on it once a day. Oh. Because he couldn't gain any weight because the thing was so skin tight and they couldn't, sh- they spent all this money on the wardrobe for the film and they couldn't like alter it because it's like right. so tight. So he literally like, that's why when you watch press for the movie and he did his interviews, his jawline, like, I mean, he's, he was a skinny guy at the time. Anyway, he was so like bendy, if, if that makes any <laughs> sense, like he could uh, bend I mean, he's Jim Carrey, he's bending, yeah. Very flexible, but it's like the thinnest he ever was. Then if you watch the two movies he did after this, you can see where he gained the weight back. I mean, it must be extremely difficult. to. You had to fit in that suit every day. And every suit, once he becomes the Riddler, except for um, the the suit that he has when he meets Two-Face at his lair, and he wears it a few times uh, during the heist and stuff, which is kind of like this boxy, Mm -hmm. it it hangs over a little bit. It's more of a traditional classic Riddler suit. That's the only one where you could hide, you know, your physique. Otherwise, that's literally just him underneath it. I did the see the his codpiece time. in that suit, though. Yeah. he. If you of course home. you have to have a codpiece or else you're going right. to be seeing dick and balls bouncing right. up and down as he's flying all over the place. But You don't want to see that moose knuckle going on. Yeah, I mean moms were complaining about the amount of violence and sex in Batman <laughs> Returns and then mothers would be complaining about the amount of dick and balls in Batman and strangely enough no one, no one complained it. about the nipples though no mothers complained about
1: that. I know right like hey I don't want to see dick and balls but nips we good We we good with it but my favorite fun fact of all time about parental not guidance parental like complaining is Ninja Turtles 1 to Ninja Turtles 2 And them saying, look, you need to tone the fucking violence down. Ninja Turtles 1 is one of my all-time favorite movies, right? It's so good. It's so dark. It's so ominous for what it really is. But when I was growing up, the second movie was what I saw first. So I gravitate to that movie being my favorite Turtles movie. I do agree that the first Ninja Turtles movie is better. But if you put both of them in front of me, I want to watch the second one more because I grew up with it. But what I'm getting at is the fact that Parental Backlash changed that movie so much that none of the turtles will use any of their actual weapons on Except for the else. opening
0: scene in part two.
1: Except for that. Well, but do they? The only person who does is Donatello with the staff. Because if you look at like Michelangelo, he's using nunchucks, but they're made out of sausages. Sausages. I mean, Leonard.
0: But- Leonardo still him. has his his swords on his back, though. You still But see
1: he's him. not... The only part he uses them. he throws him in the ceiling yeah, and like grabs exactly. him and kicks somebody, right? There's no so actual so, scene that right, they're hitting so him. Right,
0: so I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, dude, I, I walk around the house every day and I wear a Secret of the Ooze hoodie. I like, fu- I uh, love that hell movie. Yeah. But that the, is the first one is by far a better movie. And, you know, connecting that into Batman, we wouldn't have that first Turtles movie had it not been for Tim Burton and what he did with the original Batman and breaking barriers and opening up the grounds for what could possibly be for a comic book movie. The interesting thing about, you know, when you look back in 1989 and that barrier that was broke, the year later came Dick Tracy, which was a modest success, nowhere near the original Batman. But the same year, Turtles, which was a low budget, you know, Golden Harvest made that fucking movie was a massive success for an independent movie, yeah. And Isn't then, it like the record
1: for the 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 biggest box office was, of an independent? It was for a it's while. It's not now, but it
0: was. Yeah, it was for a long time. Um, such an interesting story. But I mean, Steve O'Bannon had so much that he wanted to do when you saw Batman out. Like it could be true to the comics. It could be this darker vision. And then, of course, we saw what happened after that. There's a lot of comic book movie adaptations that came out after that. The Rocketeer is one of my favorites. I love The Shadow. The Phantom Shadow, is enjoyable yeah. to some extent. I love Billy Zane in uh oh, Billy Zane.
1: My co-host my
0: partied with Billy Zane a few years ago, and I'm still uh, totally fucking jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous.
1: Billy Billy Zane is my man. Anytime I see him pop up anywhere, it's just like, there
0: there's the guy. Well, that's, I, that's I, I love him because of Demon Knight. Demon Knight's oh, one fuck. of my... I, I screened Demon Knight uh, for my... Film club, my horror club, Terror Tuesday that I do at Alamo DC in Ashburn, That's awesome. and it, it people just love Billy Zane in that movie. I, but
1: I, there's something about Billy Zane like you gravitate to him. He's just a man's man.
0: Also, he's just amazing to watch on screen. Yeah, it's I a shame that he never really, you know, whatever. whatever. We went but, to another one. Okay.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry. We went to uh, we saw uh, <laughs> Thor, the newest Thor movie at the uh, DC Alamo in DC, and you're at.
0: I guess I'm in Ashburn. Ashburn. Yeah, I still, right. I still, I still book all the horror for DC and Woodbridge. So yeah, if you ever go to any of the Terror Tuesdays there, I'm not there in person. I'm only there in person in Ashburn. But I right, still choose sense. all of the movies for I your like viewing it. pleasure. Mm-hmm. I've done, I've done a few things in DC though. Um, it's just way too difficult for me to be in two places or three places at once. So yeah, it's, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it I seems it. like
2: uh, only one person can be one place at one time. For sure.
0: Is the uh, the one in Ashburn?
1: like the same size or is it like a little different than sure. the one in DC?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's totally
0: different actually. So they're they're all built to have a different personality from one another, Ooh, so there's like always going to be a different theming. But the service and of course the core of what the Alamo brand is supposed to be is withstood within. Um like I said, I've done a couple events at the DC location um Woodbridge as well but Ashburn is where my heart lies because that's where I kind of helped and build and create the Terror Tuesday movement and that's why it's a thing for the company and very proud of that and um we're doing the Blob in a few weeks the original Blob with Steve McQueen the Blob And Great I'm going to be hoping to do a 30th anniversary screening of Batman Returns this December even mm-hmm. though it's not the anniversary Doesn't which was matter. in June on the 19th but I hope to do a Christmas special it's Anniversary a Christmas screening, movie. yeah. I, tr- I tried. I tried so hard to do a Batman Forever screening, and um, for its 25th, Warner Brothers was not having it. So I mean, really? that's odd. E- even at the time, which it's really simple, it shocks me when studios say no to stuff when it's as simple as them like just sending a file or saying, right. Exactly. Ahead, and I'm assuming Blu-ray. Right, we're, we're, like, we're paying you to show it anyway. Like we're right. paying the studio to, to, to play it. And it just, you know, it, I feel like we Batman and Robin, which we initially talked about talking about on this episode tonight. Um, we did a screening of a few years back and it was packed. Everyone came out. They had a great time. They just wanted to laugh and love and enjoy and pick fun at and, just discuss, and I think that's the most important thing about these movies from this era is, you know, much like yourself, Randy, like you, you come at these movies from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. People come to them from a different age. You didn't grow up with them. So, you know, I always find it interesting to see what people think of movies when they didn't grow up with them. Or, you know, for example, yeah. if you're going to watch Jaws for the first time, you know, you know how much of a cultural impact that movie was for all movies to be made what your reaction reaction will be and hopefully right, you don't America. shit on it because there's no cgi because you know i mean it's yeah, a big old boat of a mechanical minute. shark but hey. it's always minute interesting 45. it's always interesting to hear for sure.
1: it really is and like i have this thing too we talk about it on the podcast a lot called rose tinted colored glasses where you look at something from your your youth or back in the day and it it always is better than when you watch it today because you're sitting there going, "Well, I remember it better or in my in my youth, this was the fucking jam," you know what I mean? And then you watch it today and you're like, "Oh, this movie fucking sucks." But it's there still are good those to you.
0: Yeah, there are definitely those, for sure. Right. And I feel like if if you're smart enough, you'll know which ones are that and the ones that aren't. And for me at least as we're talking about Batman Forever, I don't think that's one of them at all. The more and more I watch this movie, and I watch this one at least once a year uh, on its anniversary, I really just think it's a gem in a way that it was made, the production design, the score by Elliot Goldenthal. I mean, everything that was built up to make this movie what it was was extremely special. It was an event, and it was entertaining. And what I find really interesting, and I actually talked about this in... Our retrospective a few years ago for the 25th anniversary of Batman Forever was people, you know, especially younger people that came to the movie much later, or people that claimed it was shit when it came out. We're talking about the box office here. A few minutes ago, it was like the one of the biggest movies of the year, if not the biggest. I don't know the actual number, but it was one of the biggest. Um, everyone saw this movie, and in every conversation I had as a fifth grader. You know, with kids at school that liked Batman, everyone fucking liked it. No one was like, that was shit. That was garbage. It didn't follow the comics. It wasn't like Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, a lot of us were, like, bums that Keaton wasn't a part of it. You know, that was the thing. Um, But we kind of all got over it. It was just, we expected Batman to be this huge event, and that's what it was. And it still continues to be to this day, just in a different way. But it's the same thing, just different. If that makes any sense to anybody, I mean, you can't do the same thing over and over and over again. There's going to be these new people that they put their eyes on this thing, and this is what we're going to do with it. And that's why I find it exciting. Right. That's why I find every new version exciting. I can't wait to see what Matt Reeves does with his sequels of the Batman. You know, it's like, and then when I'm 60, I can't wait to see what the next guy is going to do with it, too. You know, there's always going to be people reinterpreting these characters. And to me, it's exciting. Batman is a a character, unlike some others, where you could tell stories differently for them with a different style sense forever, technically. Yeah, like you you couldn't
2: do the same thing with Thor. Like, you can't do that. No. There's no way you could pick another Thor, do a different story, and like hold whatever with him.
1: Well, definitely the way the MCU is set up, you, you can't do that. But if you were going to do something like Batman has done, where every two, three movies you're doing a, a reboot, you can do that. But in the MCU, you can't because everything's connected. Yeah, right? the
2: only one that could really do it with, which they already did, was Spider Man. Spidey. There's been, yeah. there's been three.
1: Right, right. Or, I mean, if you want to look at certain things, Incredible Hulk, right? I mean, you had Edward Norton, and yeah, now he's which not all would but, fucking but, sucks. but, But, I dis- disagree with you. But,. It's still canon now. If you're watching the new She-Hulk fucking they bring show, it up. It's I had to look canon, it up. I right. had to
2: look it up because I was so, like, "What the fuck is abomination?" I get it now. He was in the one I hated. Right. He's also so I didn't in. He's also
1: it. in Shang Chi. So you know, just throwing that out there. Was
2: he? But yes, for for a split
1: second with Wong, they do like that fight, and that's what they talk about. If you've watched, have you watched any of She-Hulk? Yeah. So the I, second episode, yeah. they talk about where he was, and he dis- he he fucking uh, left jail. That's where he goes with Wong is to fight in that fight in Shang Chi when they're in that like Fight Club.
2: Oh, wow. oh, oh. I want okay. to get back to
1: something that, that you said, Justin, and it, it ties me into like uh, the new Jurassic Park movies. And that's, if I'm a kid today, do I like these movies? You know what I mean? Like The movies aren't made for me, personally. They're made for the masses or kids to sell toys. So when I went and saw the new Jurassic World Dominion, which movie uh, is not fucking good, I looked around, and the kids that were there they were happy. They were enjoying it. At the end of the thing, you know, I walked out with my one of my best friends and his kid came with us. He fucking liked it. You know what I mean? My nephew,
0: my six year old nephew loved it. Right. Yeah. I mean I'm mean, I'm a huge Jurassic fan. I mean, I have I have Rexy from Jurassic right here. It's there one you of go. my favorite movies of all time. Um I mean, I just saw Jurassic Park with live orchestra with John Williams. Oh my god. That like at amazing. the event for his birthday a Shoot few months ago.
1: Her
0: i'm with you dude um i thought the movie was a giant pile of shit right much like much like ian malcolm says but but, you know i don't even think it needs to be mentioned that way um i'm of the mind being a film critic and also a fan there needs to be a fine line and i think that it, it depends on what the movie is but there is that fine line they have to walk where it's like this is for everybody and then this is for the fans And I think that they tried to walk that line, especially including the OG cast, and it just didn't work. It It did did. not work on every single level possible. But it also comes down to the fact if you hire a hack as a filmmaker, and that's Colin Trevorrow. Just saying, um, I I enjoyed his first Jurassic World for what it was, but, I mean, not every movie is going to work. And I, I feel like... Studios are so quick to jump on a concept and grab whoever they think is the next big thing, and then right. sometimes they fail. And you could look I at any major Chris. franchise. For example, you mentioned the MCU. You know, uh, I spent the majority of my podcasting career either loving or shitting all over those movies, and, right. it, and I've walked away from that where I'll no longer discuss them or review them because I just don't care anymore. Um, it, it's not something that, for me, excites me, or makes me want to run to the cinema to watch a movie. I did I did do the press screening for Doctor Strange earlier this year because I love Sam Raimi and I really enjoyed that movie. And of course, I'm a huge fucking Sam Raimi fan, so I yeah. went and saw, you know, the newest Spider-Man and got to see my boy Toby McGuire and I love Andrew Garfield. That movie was very enjoyable. But I mean in terms of like big movies, everyone seems like they're expected to be waiting in line for every single thing. I didn't see the new Thor I haven't seen any new Marvel movie other than the two I just mentioned. I think it's just personal preference. And, you know, people should stop feeling like they're obligated to see every single thing just because it has a Marvel or a DC logo on the poster. You know, it's it's a different world now where, like, for example, you know, you know, I had the advantage of being a kid in 1995 And the only huge thing you had to look forward to was Batman Forever. And it made it an event. It made it special. It made that whole summer revolve around that thing where now it's like so saturated where no one's Mm -hmm. given the opportunity to get excited about anything because the minute you get excited about something, the next fucking thing's already here. So you're like, dude, I was just getting pumped for Thor. There's this, there's that. Uh, You know, These movies are so just churned out. Yeah, and there's really no time to digest the movies either, right? Because you're well, right. Well, you're getting the back shows, to back to back. The, the movies, you're getting everything. And I and it's cool to see that level of saturation for these characters. Personally, I don't give a fuck about She-Hulk. I don't give a fuck about, you know, a lot of the lesser-known characters. I'm just being honest about it. Like, <laughs> not to say that I wouldn't enjoy the show, but oh, yeah. it's it, it's just a matter of, you know, how, who has that much time to in, it, put all of that much... In, you know, you're watching Me. all of these characters this week guy. in a week. This out. guy, yeah, because Randy yeah, hasn't seen, seen shit. Seen well, because you <laughs> haven't yet, seen any but, movies, right? <laughs> you haven't seen Jaws. I mean, <laughs> have you seen Alien? Have you seen Alien? No. no. All right, okay. All right, and you're all watching right, so that shit instead. But it's a right. personal <laughs> preference. <though. laughs> it's a personal okay. preference.
1: Okay. <laughs> so we're 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 moving into something here, and I need to ask two important questions, and that is trilogies, or well quadrilogy, if you're looking at Alien. Where do you rank? Jurassic Park 1 2 and 3. And where do you rank Alien 1 2 3 4? That's a hard question. I know. There's only two Alien movies. So I mean, I I'm not I don't disagree with you unless I you're can't. adding <laughs> unless you're adding the director's
0: cut of 3. Well, the assembly cut is is fine for what it is. It's still not Fentris preferred cut. So, um if I'm looking at that that way, I feel like I'd have to go with Jurassic. I would. Um And I'm going to be the minority in that. I think Alien and Aliens are both masterpieces of cinema. Like, they're untouchable. Yeah, But there's a movie that came after it that's not good at all. At least, I swear to God, people are going to hang me on a cross and (laughs) bleed me dry tomorrow for whenever I reveal that I said this shit. But Jurassic Park and The Lost World are both Steven Spielberg movies. And they're both of a unique vision in his own head as a kid like he, he's playing with dinosaurs in a sandbox Jurassic Park 3 is a shithole of a movie but it still falls in line within that same world and it does a decent job sorry Alan. yeah the raptor <laughs> talking yeah yeah um I just I just don't like Alien 3 and I you know I I try to revisit it every couple of years and just let, I, I sit Doesn't with it for a while better. and even the assembly cut it's beautifully shot it's just not knowing fincher and being a huge fan of his films knowing what he went through on that movie and his viewpoint on it actually hurts my experience watching it um because it's not the movie he wanted to make at not all, at all. it's not the movie that they turned in or that's been released and I'd, i mean i'd love to see a straight up david fincher alien movie It is what it is. I know there's people that I'm friends with that, you know, they champion the Assembly cut, They champion Alien 3. Um, I've seen it in theaters a few times. But between the two, yeah, I'll be that guy. I'll be the fucking contrarian here. The Jurassic, I'd have to say. Yeah. And my, my thing, too, is, like,
1: I've given Alien 3 as much time as I could to, like, like it. You only live once, right? Right, yeah, right. It's not a bad film, right? But it's not something that, like, you want to watch as you're watching it. Like, it's so dirty feeling and so, like, I don't want to continue this movie as you're watching it. But you're watching it, so you got to see it through. And, like, the movies that came before it make it seem... So, like, if Alien 3 was just its own movie, you'd be like, all right, whatever, it's a movie, cool but knowing what came before it makes you like feel weirdly about it as you're watching it and you're like that's a very w- fair
0: way to look at it for sure right like
1: what what am i fucking watching because you're getting the best one of the best fucking like sci-fi horror movies ever made then you're getting one of the best sci-fi action movies ever made then you get Couldn't i don't agree even more. know how to right how do you explain what alien 3 is and what they gave you you know, uh, theatrically on the first I mean, release? Like, what is it?
0: It, it? It's an attempt at doing a science fiction horror film. There's a couple of jump scares, but it's just not a cohesive vision right. at all whatsoever. And that's one right. thing, you know, to connect to what we're talking about with Batman forever, make no fucking mistake. Minus the love interest aspect, Batman forever is a vision of a filmmaker and they allowed him to do whatever he fucking wanted. They gave him carte blanche. They gave him a budget. Make your movie, dude. Make the suits look however you want to make them look. Bob Bringwood came back on from the first two movies. Put nips on them. We don't care. Right. We just want you to revitalize this IP that we know makes shitloads of money. Get McDonald's back in line. Get fucking Crest toothpaste back in line can you every that, single man, <laughs> i mean there's so many products that i own like vintage products everything had this logo on it seriously i've got necklaces t-shirts everything i mean everything was produced for this that's what they wanted him to do and he right. did it and people liked the movie people enjoyed the, it i think it, that's it, the main
1: it, thing that we're missing is is this movie made to be entertaining or
0: is it made yeah. to sell things? right I think, I think, I think it's to do both because I'll never forget people walked out and those conversations I had were people that was a blast. It's a super fun movie from start to finish. The it, movie opens it, is. it really is with I mean the movie opens if you if you know you know the whole thing I was talking about earlier and I, I apologize for rambling on about this, but the Schumacher yeah, yeah. cut, if you've seen the additional footage. It was slow. It was more like the Burton movies where it's two faces escape from Arkham and the bat must die is dripping in blood from the guard who he killed to escape. And they decided to remove that and have it open with this super fast pace, you know... all the fucking big names sliding through over your face. You you know, and then you hear Golden Falls theme right. swelling up behind you. And then you see that would the have been a and says forever intro. and Well, that's the whole point, yeah. And I'll never forget my dad, as we walked out, said, "I loved how the movie opened. It got <laughs> right into it. He's getting the suit on. He's he's ready to go out and fight crime." Or the other movies took a lot of time. like, And and I feel like that was a, a conscious decision to go, these other movies took a lot, like you didn't see Batman for 15 minutes. And this movie was like, fuck that. You see right, the symbol, Batman. first thing you see is his glove and he's suiting up and he's going to get in the Batmobile and he's going to go fuck shit up. And at the time as a kid, and I think audiences were just ready for that, and it just cut out all the fat.
1: Yeah, Can't do that
0: now, I mean, even though the Batman kind of did it. The Batman yeah, you kind could. of did it,
1: but... I, I, see, I fuck with that because it's like, we've seen two movies already. Like, looking at it as a whole, we've seen two movies already. Give me what I want. I want fucking Batman doing his shit. I don't need to see Martha and his dad dying again. I don't need to see the pearls fucking being clutched and ripped off like they did again in every other fucking movie. Even That's something Gotham i definitely never
0: seen. I never need to see again in another movie. Right, I've seen it
1: 17,000 times at this point. Like, I don't care. Maybe do it in a, in, a, in a flashback. Like they do in this movie. They do a flashback of it, but it makes sense because it's him talking to a psychologist or thinking about things in a different way. So it works, but I do like them just getting right into it. But if they did show me the intro with Two-Face breaking out of Arkham, which this is the first movie to ever mention Arkham, and I fucked, Like I love the whole Arkham story with everything, and I feel like that would have set the movie up and made it feel different from the get-go. Then you do the suit up because it makes more sense because you're seeing who he's up against. So now I was going to ask you: Have you ever
0: seen the scene? It's
1: on YouTube. Um, I have seen the scene. It's been. I should have watched it before this, obviously, but it's been some years. But I remember watching it and going, like, why? why <laughs>
2: I, fucking throw it in the so movie! that's what I was saying. I feel like no. that scene would have been a lot much better of an opening. Right. And, well, I think is. It really I, is. I agree.
0: Um, we, we hope that we'll get that cut of the movie. I mean, it exists. So that's the thing people don't understand, and that's why... When you asked me what movie we should talk about tonight, I opted for Batman Forever because I feel like every single person out there needs to be aware that there's a different cut of this movie that is darker, more psychologically driven, more complex, where Bruce Wayne's dealing with a lot more darker feelings. You know, that whole scene with him in the cave and finding that and confronting his fear and it flapping Mm -hmm. its wings in his face and him deciding to be coming back as Batman. I mean, there's so many cool things that that original cut presented and the studio not Joel Schumacher the studio required him to cut so Joel wanted to make a poppier more colorful movie all of that stuff's still there it's not like the landscape is completely changed but the movie overall would have fallen more deeper in line with what Burton had did because Joel was a huge fan of Tim's first Batman movie oh yeah uh, all of the production was a huge fan most of the production was involved with that first movie. So I implore everybody that's interested in getting that cut. Oh yeah. At Cut Schumacher on Twitter. Hashtag. Release the Schumacher cut. At
2: least. Yeah.
1: All right. So I got a couple of questions. We're gonna get through these super quick so we can wrap this up. Who was your favorite character? I'm gonna to go to Randy first in Batman Forever.
2: Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. I fucking love Jim Carrey, and I feel like he did a great job in this movie.
1: He really did, right? I mean, this is Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey in 1990 fucking five, like, just killing it and doing what he needs to do. Yeah, I'm assuming, Justin, it's probably the same answer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. No, Randy hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's... There is no... He's just doing his thing. I mean, he's completely just a a life force in this movie. And I know, you know, based on doing the research and stuff and hearing all the stories, every take was different for him. So he just came on set, put the costume on and they'd go, Jim, do you. Right. And that's what we got. Every time it was different. It was crazy. And what, what bothers me the most about this is that we we don't have anyone like that today. We literally don't, we don't have that kind of electricity of an actor, uh, comedic or not where they're just you don't know what they're going to do on screen it just doesn't happen anymore it just just bums me out makes me kind of depressed
1: you're absolutely right i mean you had robin williams you had jim carrey you had even martin short let's say and you don't have those characters anymore you don't have people like that and i wonder if it's just the the hollywood churn and burn type kind of society that we're in where like you have to be the same like chris pratt needs to be chris pratt and Fucking Christian Bale needs to be Christian Bale, and these people need to be the same as they are in every movie. I think it's a so, talent thing.
0: I, I just, it I, might I, I be just a talent think, thing too. Yeah, yeah. that that's my view on. I just think it's we're in an era where I mean they're trained differently, they go through a studio system differently. It's, but yeah, I agree totally with Randy, one hundred percent.
2: Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey killed it. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: My favorite character is going to be Jim Carrey as well because, again, I grew up as a Jim Carrey fan. Seeing him get cast as the Riddler, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is going to be insane. Ooh, and then- Joygasm. And then, right, There's so many and great then it, lines. And it, it was it was just as good as I thought it was going to be because he was Jim Carrey. It wasn't them saying, all right, no, you need to do this or you need to rein yourself in. They just let him fucking go like you said. They said, and you're, and they was, said you're the Riddler
0: you be the riddler the way you want to right. be the riddler and make no mistake he most definitely channels frank gorshin's riddler from the original 60s show in this as well he said You're he was a big fan right. he grew up with it so he wanted to represent that and, and and show respect to it and he does that version of the riddler for sure but his own version in which you see mm-hmm. his crotch pumping it just out shines like, yeah it shines lot.
1: through oh yeah
0: like you. the jacket it keeps me safe while I'm jogging at night
1: <laughs> <laughs> like how much, how much stuff was is left on the cutting room floor from this movie of him just riffing constantly? And
0: I'm I'm sure there's like
1: gold in I'd that. love but to we'll, see it. We'll I
0: guarantee him. you there's probably like hundreds of minutes of footage that, that Warner Brothers arresting. either threw out or it's just sitting there. And they'll it's never do there. anything with it because Joel's dead now. We have hope for the Schumacher cut, but I mean, in terms of deleted scenes, they never released any of them at all. That is wild to think about, yeah. You know.
1: Um, do we have a favorite part or scene of this movie? I'm gonna go to Randy first.
2: Oh, I wrote it down.
1: He wrote it down. Wrote it down. Look at you being all professional. <laughs> that was left blank. Oh. Who's you left, left it blank, blank. blank? So he doesn't I didn't he didn't have favorite scene. You take it back, he wasn't being <laughs> a professional, so you don't have one. Uh,
2: I couldn't say um Is it the bat,
1: no. the Batmobile going up the wall?
2: No, I fucking hated that scene. Not, Not my shit. least favorite scene. Still, okay. But there's another is one. Is it? Is least it favorite.
1: the? Is it the part where they're also like putting the thing on their fucking foreheads and sucking out the the knowledge from everybody I mean, was, and taking was, a hit on each?
2: I mean, that's kind of funny. It is. They're funny. going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my funny. brain
0: on the box. Does anyone else feel like a fried egg?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel
0: like I know, love. I feel so like my Randy's favorite part, part is, is go probably for it. where <laughs> Batman says, "Bats aren't rodents, Doctor Merdian. Oh, really? I'm like, you're a psychologist and you don't know that bats aren't rodents? (laughs) Right. I was like, who who, 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 who are you? Are you really? Who are you? Who are you? Like, are you
1: an actual psychologist? Let's be real. And and that's why Like, I thought this movie was going to turn different and she was going to be a villain because I always felt like every interaction she had with him was contradictory to what was going on and that she was going to be the main villain in charge of stuff. And then it just never happened. Yeah. Uh well. I guess I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but my know. my favorite it's hard, but I like it's not a well. I guess it is a scene. It's when Riddler first shows up in Two Faces Lair, but before that, how fucking crazy or who do you hire to make a lair where everything is half and sectioned half sectioned, half and half perfectly? I it was dope. You have a girlfriend for each side too. They're making food for each side. There's also a weird goof too where Drew Barrymore puts something on the table. And then as she moves her hand away, it kind of just like goes with her. But the, the shot's still there.
0: So yeah, right I as tell, she's... I, I can answer that question for you, Barbara Oh, Leng, fuck yeah, tell me. She's she's the one that designed the entire movie. Oh. So, yeah.
1: Interesting. But uh, like that whole scene is just gold because it is one shot since you see him show up, Two-Face, right, with mm-hmm. everything, and then they go to the scene and whatnot. Then Riddler bursts in. And fucking Jim Carrey with his, the Riddler staff, I believe he went through like 20 of them or something in his trailer trying to figure oh, out how to, them, yeah, how to... A lot of them, yeah,
0: because he kept know, breaking them all the time. Yeah, Right, and
1: good for him. I mean, he embodies the character. He is the character. I'm almost like sad that nobody really, unless you're in the Batman world, nobody really remembers him that much for this role. You know, obviously Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, whatnot, but... This is in that era, and it's him being Jim Carrey, and I just don't understand why more people don't think
0: about this role. Well, I think in retrospect, I, I, I dare say that they do. Maybe you're just not seeing it in, in, in your world, but in the world that I'm in, in the Batman world, and in, in, in the side that I'm in, a lot of people actually, there are people that have like tattoos of his Riddler on them, and people that wear shirts with, the, you know, a friend of mine, Pentagram Peter, on Instagram Pinterest just did Peter. a whole Batman like Forever collection last week, and there are shirts of his Riddler. People are buying, they're selling out. Um, That's cool. So there is this small movement. Now, make no mistake, it's not a huge movement. It's not like the release the, sh- the excuse me. The Schumacher. Yeah. Release the Snyder Cut, people. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, I, I'm not even going to get into that, but I was part of that as well. But, I mean, people love this movie. Yeah. And more and more people are coming to it and realizing that, hey, there's this version of this character that I enjoy. And especially Jim Carrey's Riddler, because he I mean, if you look at his performances up until that point, this is his most uninhibited. He is like just totally going insane with this. Um, yeah. There's nothing more exciting. If you think about it up until this point, than Dude, I get to become a comic book villain and I get to be the Riddler. Now, we know that Robin Williams was originally the one that they wanted. He was supposed to be the Joker in Batman 89, but he could not commit to Joel. And so Joel was like, fuck it, you're done. And and asked Jim because he knew Jim from the 80s. So Mm -hmm. I I do think, you know, when you, if, if there was a ranking of Jim Carrey performances, this would definitely be for me at least top five. I don't know where I, it would be, but be top five for sure. I agree with that, and you're right. Where do you put it? Like, it's hard because
1: he is playing the same Jim Carrey character, so it's
0: like, what's number one? What's number two? I
1: that's that's hard for me.
0: I yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if you look at Lloyd in Dumb and Dumber, or I, don't know. I mean, Ace Ventura, they're kind of like specific characters that they built and they wrote. The Riddler's just kind of like him being him. Yeah, H- yeah. him as Edward Nigma versus him as the Riddler. They're kind of the same guy, but just way more nutty. Where if right. you look at the original Batman, I mean, Nicholson plays Jack Napier, totally different than he plays as Joker. So it's You're not right. so totally far off. You're but right. it, it's, just, we... it's just it's Carrie having fun with the
1: material. Oh, for sure. Before we get into my fun facts of the week, because I have a couple notes here. If you were to rank Ace Ventura One up to Ace Ventura Two, where do you put? Where do you
2: put them? There's only one right answer.
1: There's only one right answer. If you were to say Ace Ventura One is number one or Ace Ventura Two, what 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 movie do you like better, When Nature Calls or just Ace Ventura: Pet Detective?
0: I mean, I saw them both in theaters because I'm old. <laughs> I mean, I did too. What do you think? What do you What do you think I'm going to say? You tell me what I you're, you're no, going to
1: no, go no Ace, no no. Yeah, no I know what he's going to say. He's going to Ace Ventura One, then Two. Yeah, me gotta, personally is two. is Two, then One, just because of my age. So. Two to me is I don't know. It just speaks to me differently. It's yeah. more. I, it's I love more,
2: them both.
0: They're both. They're both yeah. genius.
2: But well, they definitely. Uh, are, your yeah. answer was wrong. It is number two, <laughs> and then one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that, that could I be don't a generational, generation. <laughs> no, as we can see in this Oh,
1: I don't think you can hear that. You can't hear. It. Can you hear that? What your soundboard? Yeah. Nope. No, okay. No, it doesn't matter. He, In post, he might hear it. Whatever. These fun facts of the week. Here's number one. In the first Batman, District Attorney Harvey Dent was played by Billy D. Williams. Williams accepted the role with knowledge and expectation that Dent would eventually become Two-Face. He reportedly had a clause put into his contract reserving the role for him in any sequels, which Warner Brothers had to buy out so that they could cast Tommy Lee Jones. Williams, though, would eventually voice the character in the Lego Batman movie.
2: Interesting. My um, least favorite character was Tommy Lee Jones. Really? Just so you know.
1: Oh, okay. We we yeah. didn't ask that question. We're getting a little long in the tooth, you know. so I, I skipped that I know. One. I was just letting you know. I like Tommy Lee Jones in this movie because he's like hamming it up and he's not being Tommy Lee Jones that you're like used to seeing in other Which movies. Which is why I didn't like him.
2: Okay. I get it. I, I, was, I pictured Men in Black. Okay, that's the first. So you've seen Men
1: in me. Black? Yes. Have you seen it Men has in Will Black? Smith in it, Two and three. It
2: has Will Smith in it?
1: So you've seen all Will Smith? Yeah, Will Smith in it. it. I've seen. It. So you've seen Wild Wild West? I've seen Wild Wild West. I love Wild Wild West. Wiki wiki Wild, wiki wiki, wiki Wild Wild, wild, wild West. West. Jim West, desperado, dump riders. No, you ain't. no Have you seen um, the, the fucking uh, yeah. the TV show?
2: Of. Men in Black?
1: No. Oh, yeah. Of Men oh, in Black, yeah. No. TV show's actually really good. <laughs> no, no, no. No, fucking uh, Beverly, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Of course. Of course. All right, perfect. <laughs> and? According to Jim Carrey, he did not get along with Tommy Lee Jones, who told him that he hated him in his films. <laughs> Rough. That fucking sucks, right? Rough. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Tim Burton was still slated to direct the film. Mickey Dolenz was considered to play the Riddler. After Burton dropped out, Robin Williams, as we talked about, was offered the role by Warner Brothers, but refused due to being bitter about being used as bait to lure Jack Nicholson to commit to play to the Joker in Batman.
0: Not true. Not true. Tell me why. What was the actual story? He didn't commit to 89 either. There were so many different people that they had for the Joker in mind. Williams was just passive about it i mean they had talked about john lithgow they talked about oh, tim God, curry so there wild. were so many different people but michael useless has said on record he is the producer he was the one that basically created this whole bat film thing from the beginning that they always wanted jack nicholson and that was their main i mean goal i to I, get I feel
1: jack like nicholson. yeah jack nicholson would definitely be the number one but my dark horse that i want to see the joker be Portrayed as as a character, or sorry, as an actor before he dies. I want to see Willem Dafoe as the Joker. I get it. The memes are cool.
0: They're yeah. fun. I mean, we got him as you know Green Goblin, and I feel like that was his swan song in the most recent Spidey movie. I agree. Where he was like, "I'll do this if it's good, and there's a reason to do this." And obviously, he most definitely said, "Get rid of the fucking helmet," which is the reason yeah. why the helmet is left to the side and you it see breaks, it like sitting yeah. there there's a reason for that because there was no practical way in that world to, to to make him the green goblin in the way that he should have been true which is a huge shame because he should most definitely be the proper green goblin but i mean he's brilliant in that film he's brilliant in the first spider-man movie it'll never happen um i'll bet anyone money on that he's you know, joked about it and stuff based on the memes. Joker's overdone, motherfuckers. Like, let it die for a while. Seriously, please, like, let's have something else. Like, we've had so many Jokers. And Joker, I mean, I have Joker tattooed all over me. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. But it's just at this point, like, let it rest. We tell him sixty or something, or I keep saying sixty, but maybe, yeah, maybe d- fifty, yeah. maybe fifty-five. You worry about maybe your 65. 65.
1: I don't <laughs> disagree 65. with you, right? Because like, if you look at the newest Batman movie, they took him out of the movie in general because I feel like well, Barry the same Keegan thing is that great
0: in, in, in what he did. Um, I already knew about that before the movie came out, which is a bummer, unfortunately. Yeah, but but he did great. I mean, the, the deleted it's, scene it's, they put yeah. up was great. It's not meant to be like, and that's what I like about it. And that's how people are pissed in the social climate of fandom where they're like, well, I expect him to be in the sequel. And I keep telling people, like, no, dude, he's not going to be the villain in the next one. Why? They they hinted at him. Is this not Marvel? No, motherfucker. It's not Marvel. Not everything needs to be connected. Not everything needs to cater to you because not everything is for you. It's a film. And it's going to present itself the way that it should and the vision of the filmmaker, it doesn't need to cater to you or five or ten or fifteen or fucking thirty other movies before it. It's just going to be its own thing, and that's what I prefer personally. Not exactly. saying all the Marvel movies have been shit. I think a lot of them have been great. I think after Endgame, for me at least, I was like, "That's Man. where I was like, you know, it's a chapter end." You're and it's, you're it's never to gonna. You're in it. and, and, and it's the reality, and I'll argue this point to anybody. You're never going to get to that level again. You never will, for sure. No, you won't. No, Um, definitely not. Not to say there's not going to be good stuff after that, but there's ups and downs. I agree with that. I feel like Joker is a character where they know it makes money, the same as Batman, and they're going to keep doing it as much as they can do it. I don't think they should, though. But they're probably going to. So it is what it is. I'll be here for it. I love it, but um defoe's way too old (laughs) i'm just saying i mean at this point what are they what are are we gonna do like wait until the next reboot and he's like 90 and have him as the joker just saying
1: probably i don't know last fun fact michael jackson lobbied to play the riddler but he was turned (laughs) down matthew broderick also expressed expressed interest in the role but director Joel Schumacher cast Jim Carrey because Schumacher and Warner Brothers felt that he was perfect for the part following the success of Ace Ventura.
2: Michael that's Jackson not, would have been not a true weird either. pick. That's not true either. It's not true? No, so, Michael Jackson, well,
1: wasn't Michael Jackson a, tied to something that said he wanted to be in a Batman Michael film? Michael
0: Jackson was originally the main musical artist they wanted to do the score And Um, soundtrack for the original Batman. And that deal did not work out. And they got Prince, and he did the soundtrack. And, of course, Danny Elfman did one of the greatest scores ever made for any film with Batman. It it sounds Um, great. But, yeah, Michael never expressed any interest at all. Um, There was something that was mentioned that he wanted to do the Scarecrow. There are comments I out that, of context. Yeah. I'm a big MJ fan as well. Um, mm-hmm. He he never lobbied to be the Riddler
1: <coughs> ever. I'm bad. I'm bad.
0: Yeah. I feel I'll put little. it on Our record th- now. I'm just saying. Like if you if you do the deep dive on that, like I never wanted to be the Riddler. I don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> it's in, in, yeah. Oh. All right. Final decisions out of ten. What would we give Batman Forever? If you're scoring we're gonna go to we're gonna go Randy first. We're gonna go to me, and then we'll finish up with Justin. What, what do you think, Randy? Six and a half. Six and a half.
2: Yeah. Explain yourself. Is that not a good enough rating? That's a you passing rating in like, my
1: book. I mean, it's a C plus. Yeah.
2: Well, no D plus. That's a D what D am I
1: thinking? Plus. Fuck. Yeah. I'm an idiot.
2: I mean, it was cool, but like I said in the beginning, I didn't. I know it was 1995. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the. I didn't like the backdrops of the nighttime. Backdrops of the nighttime. I didn't like that. Um, There were some other things, like one scene that really did it for me, which was my least favorite scene, was where Robin was hanging his fucking clothes on the on the wire. Right, and he's just and he was like doing his whole fucking thing with it. Like, yeah, that is weird. It's a nineties thing, though. You didn't have to be that fucking messy with it, bud. Yeah, I get it. You got a mop,
1: but cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
2: Like, didn't need to have that. I agree.
1: I'm gonna give this a seven I really like this movie But looking at it to, in today's eyes It's like It is hard to Not not to watch But it's hard to look at in certain spots Like you said Where it's, it's it deep in nostalgia Or deep in like weird-esque parts Like that part mm-hmm. Where you're talking about He's doing his laundry Like what the fuck is that in the movie for? It yeah. Cut it It doesn't need to be there Yeah it's showing that he's got I don't know Extraordinary skills It's supposed to be edgy Right, but, you know, like adding his fucking earring and shit supposed to be edgy, like, okay, cool, whatever. Bat nips, I'm here for. Put the nipples on the goddamn suit. Show me the ass, show me the codpiece. I'm here for that, you know what I mean? But as a whole, the music's great. The cinematography's great. There's no part in the movie that makes me want to, like, stop watching it. There's no part that, like, takes me out of it.
2: I got up and took a shower in the middle of it.
1: I'm sure you did, because you're a bitch. But, like, the movie itself... I enjoy watching. I will watch this once a year. Like, this is a great Batman movie. I like this more than Batman Robin, even though I fucking love Arnold, just being Arnold and hamming it up. I love Uma Thurman as, as Ivy, but this movie I would rather watch because, let's be real, he only had one chance at being Batman, but I, f- I fucking love the way he portrays Batman. Like, he's just stoic. He's just there. He's doing his thing. what what do you think Justin I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be higher than we got
0: I mean not necessarily so oh Um, all right I mean I've dealt with the criticisms of this movie my entire life and I'm definitely someone that loved it as a kid got older looked at it from a different you know viewpoint and then Mm -hmm. came to it even much later and had a realization of how important it was to me uh, not just to my youth or to you know, the interpretation of Batman and his cinematic adventure in terms of where it went after, mm-hmm. but just in, in terms of history in film. And I, I think it's most definitely overlooked, I think, for the time frame. It's got state-of-the-art effects. Uh, nothing else looked this good leading up to this point. I mean, they had built effects... So much leading up to 1995, and this movie tried to do everything it could. Not all of it works, um, but I think the majority of it does, because it blends the practical, the real, the sets, with the bits of CGI that it does. And I, I I said, you know, know, I'm I'm one to admit the faults of a movie, but I think the movie's a blast. Um, It's not perfect in its screenplay. That. Ended up on screen. I I don't know about Kiva Goldsman's original screenplay, which we're hoping we get to see on screen with the Schumacher cut. Again, I I implore you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're you're a fan. Seriously, hashtag release the Schumacher cut. Um, It's not my page, but I'm a huge supporter of theirs, and we're good friends. At Cut Schumacher on Twitter, uh, we've trended um, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Um, comicbook.com, I mean, you name all the biggest publications. We've done trending events uh, three or four times over the last couple of years, and every single time it trends so hard that it it, it goes to these bigger publications and they report on it. It's just a different version of the movie that actually exists in its original form, and it's uh, literally in cans, 35-millimeter cans at Warner Brothers, They wouldn't have to really do anything with it. They could even give it to an outsider. But I know it's Batman, so they probably won't. But it's just something that we hope and dream that we could have as an example of, you know, a different cut of a movie. I mean, so many other movies get these opportunities to have their time to shine. Even movies that no one gives a fuck about. They're like, here, watch like five cuts of this movie. Um, And they have very little fanfare. But this is a Batman movie. And, I mean, we know Joel is gone. But this is his cut, and I I wanted to support this as much as I possibly could in saying, you know, let's get this out there. So, yeah, check that out
1: for sure. Thanks for being on, Justin. I really appreciate you guys coming on from the Epic Film Guys. If you want to, you can tell us about your podcast one more time.
0: Yeah, so thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is a movie that's so near and dear to my heart, and I'm humbled and honored that you brought me on to talk about Batman Forever, a movie that's so special to me. If you guys are interested, if your listeners are interested in checking out our shit, yeah, Epic Film Guys, at Epic Film Guys on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, of course, our new horror show, Brain Stew. Ah. It's everywhere. You can find that literally everywhere. And of course, just again, it's such an honor to be invited on to talk about a movie that was so near and dear to my childhood. I just wanted to thank Randy and Steve for having me on and for the invitation. So thank you guys so, so much. And it was a blast being on the show. I can't wait to come back.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Justin, again for coming on and helping us review Batman Forever. And anybody listening out there, go check out the Epic Film Guys. They have a great catalog of back episodes. They've been doing this, like he said, for years and years. Um, what you can do also is check us out at www.thedecisionreal.com or look at any of our social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Look, my guy got it right here. YouTube as well. You can find us. This will only be a, an actual podcast episode, though. Uh, if you want to support us in any way, you can also find us on our website and buy some merch. We have t-shirts on there, and we're doing our thing. Cool. Thanks again, guys, for listening. We're out. Peace.